Angela Kinsey from NBC's The Office. Hi, my name is Amy Stock. I play Missy Mom in Bill and Ted Face the Music. Hey, everybody, it's Christina Lee. I played Emily Valentine on 90210. Hi, this is Emily Swallow. I play the armorer in The Mandalorian. This is Jackie Tone from American Idol Season 8. All right, I'm Jake Busey. You may know me from such movies as Starship Troopers. Hey, it's Jeremy Piven. What's up, everybody? I'm Jimmy Wong. You can catch me in the upcoming live-action Mulan. This is King Kong Bundy. Hey, this is Louis Ozoa. I'm Michelle Monaghan. I am Rachel Brosnahan. And I play Rachel in House of Cards. This is Teddy Sears from CW's The Flash. All right, I'm Gabrielle Carteris. I'm president of SAG-AFTRA. Gene Okerlund will do. Hi, I'm Henry Thomas from E.T., Legends of the Fall, Gangs of New York, and Ouija, Origin of Evil. Hey, what up, you guys? It's your girl Vivica Fox. Uh, my name's Derek Cecil. I play Seth Grayson on House of Cards. I'm Fan on the Magician. What's your name? I'm Brittany Curran in real life. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Jay Taylor. I play Katie on the Magicians. Hi, this is Martin Cove. A lot of you know me as the sensei in the Karate Kid. And you're listening to the Below the Belt Show. And if you don't listen hard, there's no mercy. The Below the Belt Show is closed captioned for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the Bad Boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. Right, guys, it's time for another anniversary episode of BTB. That's right. I said all month of September, but we shifted our regular recording day of Wednesday to Thursday because I was on set. Right. So you lied. After, after seven you lied months. lied to our fans. I lied. What do you mean I lied to our fans? By the way, you did not enunciate the TS in that at all, so it sounded like I was on sex. Oh, snap. Okay, that's what's up. Okay. <laughs> not, during, not during COVID. <laughs> uh, well, to my dismay, Serena, no, I was on set. I was on... I, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say what show I worked on. Yeah, but I was on a, sh- a set of a show in Philadelphia um, starring Kate Winslet. That's all I'm going to say. I can't say awesome. the nature of what I did. Um, but... Titanic was, 2. Yes, Titanic 2, the series. <laughs> Titanic, that's perfect, Chachi. Titanic Man. 2. No, it's amazing how much changes they've uh, made uh, to production. But um, I'll get into that a little later. Let's go ahead and introduce. Let's introduce the room, if you will. Starting with, that's right, he's the king of the 80s, the demotivational speaker. 
the one and only Chachi McFly. Our third anniversary show. Not our third anniversary, but the third show for the anniversaries. Have I been part of? We're like, we're like, we're like Sabrina, how she celebrates her birthdays. It's like, you know, she has like 10 birthdays in like her month. That's how I, we do. Our anniversaries. I do like a birthday week. Yeah. Right. right. I do a birthday month. I, I feel, I feel like you should at least get a month. Should we introduce? Like how, like. Well, I should probably introduce you guys to the, the listening audience. That's right, guys. One of the BTB 2.0 originals. 2.0 because you're the second reincarnation of BTB. Yes. That's right. She is Sabby Taylor Smith, a.k.a. Sweet Chocolata. <laughs> <laughs> Sabrina, it's good to have you for another I was definitely milestone. Of the lawn. Did you guys see that? The lawn I did. I did. That, was, that was awesome. That was rad. And let's go ahead and also introduce another great guest co-host that's been a part of BTB for, man, how many years, um, Siren, the entertainer, Davis? Two and a half, maybe. Two and a half years. Okay. Oh, she's a well, baby still. Something like, how long is it? been at least three. Yeah, like three years. All right. Well, like, nonetheless, they grow up so fast, don't they? Singer, performer extraordinaire, the one and only, oh. the multi-talented Siren, the entertainer, Davis. I wasn't even, first of all, everybody that's watching, I wasn't even supposed to be here because El Soto didn't even call me. I just so happened to be chilling with my girl, <laughs> Sabby, and she was like, oh, Al is doing but a little bit. I'm like, he's still doing that? It's COVID? And she's like, that motherfucker. Oh, Thank you, Introduced to Below the Belt Show. Hey! He's appeared on BTV 1.0 and 2.0 at our original studios in Timonium and then at WMBC Studios at UMBC. And now he's at BTV 3.0, the virtual edition, the quarantine edition, if you will. Guys, he is the fat blues man himself, singer extraordinaire, frontman extraordinaire. Former wrestler, the one and only Kelly Bell. Yes. Oh snap! He's got a he's got a, he's got a record to promote. Know my name, the Kelly Bell yeah. Band. So I just wanted to say this, Kelly Bell. We have talked on air on Below the Belt Show many times, and I've never met you, but I feel like I'm actually kind of meeting you now. Well, we should definitely meet. I'm well. Hello uh, again. I'm sorry that we uh, haven't actually met in person. Mm-hmm. That was my handshake. I'm like you're moving way too fast. You, I mean, I've I've uh, uh, done entirely too many illegal drugs in my day. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Kelly, you know, the one and only. That's true, by the way. That's a complete. Siren and Kelly, you guys know each other. I think you guys are almost collaborating, right? Hello there. I have a bone. Oh, come on now. This is an anniversary show. That's not even necessary because I already got. I already got all the bone you need. Oh, <laughs> shit. Okay, okay. Uh, I'll, I, look, I, I'm going to go with that answer. Oh, man. Later. No, 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 no. Come on, give it to me now. What? And you'll hear that again later. No, okay. and I wasn't, I wasn't really a bone. Sing a little note uh, and remind him what he's missing. Uh, that was my note to remind you how good I sang. Kelly Bell. <laughs> that was we no, no, yeah, oh, that was, that was I met, I met Look, like a so Kelly, Kelly, I I I've always been so I'm such a fan. And after we <laughs> met after we met El Soto introduced us, I didn't even yeah. like, I didn't even understand. I didn't even understand. You are the man and I'm so glad that I'm seeing you again. It's crazy how like it's crazy how this happened, but I'm I'm so happy to see you again, and hopefully this time maybe we can uh, collab. We can do something. We can do something. Collab. I am I am humbled. I am humbled by your by your very kind words, and I'm and I appreciate the fact that Al paid you in advance to say all this. <laughs> <laughs> we got deep pockets here on BTV. Now our budget is not that big. It is right. not. Like, <laughs> Kelly, what you're what that backdrop you two were using. And why are you using the same one? Couldn't you be original enough to at least pick two different backdrops? <laughs> it's our new studio. No, it's our new studio, actually. Yeah. Exact same We're in Seattle, Kelly Bell, in our new studio. Still light yeah. out. Couldn't you nice. pivot it a little bit or something? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, see, on my on my end, the, the building in the red is on the left, and his okay. is on the right. This right. Is totally oh, no. On, on my end, it looks exactly the same. Chair in the same place, everything. No, Even the building? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Well, you know, we didn't hear a horrible the game memory. Kelly, how you been, man? It's been a minute, yes. as they say in urban culture. Yeah, man, and in ur- urban culture, really, is that what they say? It's now we're going to the authority on all that is Negro. <laughs> Come on, I man. Certainly, I certainly feel that way later because I feel that just about every stupid question from white people lately. Um, but <laughs> but I enjoy those questions. So I actually uh, no, I mean uh, I've been doing the show with Edwin McCain. You know, uh, it's called Conversations with Edwin McCain and Kelly. Oh, Bell. dope! And we've been doing um, we've been Edwin doing, uh, McCain as as the Edwin like, McCain, the Edwin McCain. Like, I'll be, you know, you're crying shoulder. shoulder. I'll be. Edwin and I have been friends for a very, very long time. And if you if you go to our Facebook, mm-hmm. you'll see uh, that the first five or six shows we did, uh, we did with a bunch of different guests. And it's all centered around Black Lives Matter movement. Very um, important. Very important. Oh, yes. I don't know. Edwin has a son of color that he adopted. Edwin himself was adopted. So, uh, so wow. our show, the show has essentially, at least initially, has been it's moving more entertainment now. 
because we're getting ready to we're getting ready to interview G Love from G Love and Special Sauce, which you guys know is a good buddy of mine. And he's so yes. And we're going to interview Darius Fucker, which is And then we're going to introduce Darius Rucker, too, who is a good friend of Edwin. Hootie! Um, but well, that, some of the folks that we have interviewed, uh, like this guy Charles. Is Hootie gonna, first of all, is Hootie going to um, decide whether he's country or rock and roll? No, he he's just, he decided. He decided. Let's let's see, music is music. I know. Let's I get it. I get it. But... Let's let's <laughs> what, what was that, Kelly? I said he decided he's getting paid. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's what's up. Yeah. Uh, but some of the folks we interviewed were uh, uh, Pastor Terry Coffiel, who was one of the first uh, folks. He's a white female pastor, and she was one of the first hundred people arrested trying to uh, free Nelson Mandela. Um, wow. uh, another guy is a, a guy named Charles, whose father was uh, Martin Luther King and Andrew Young's lawyer. And he told this wow. wonderful story of, he said, well, you know, back in the day when he was a kid and he went to go go greet his dad at the airport, you could still go to the terminal, you know? Mm-hmm. Way and back when. Way back when, right. <laughs> so uh, they he went to the terminal, he's waiting for his dad to come out and here comes his dad and he's got Martin Luther King on one side and Andrew Young on the other side. And he goes up and gives his, to gives his dad a hug. And you know, he's 13, so you don't wanna be giving your dad a hug in public. So he kind of pulls away from him and they're walking along. He said he felt this tap on his shoulder and he turns around It's Martin Luther King and he pulls him to the side and he said, son, don't ever be afraid to show another man affection in public, especially when that man is your father. And oh, he, wow. for, the rest his, oh, for the rest of his life, every single day, he greeted and exited his father. Now, even if he was mad at him with a kiss and a hug for the rest of his life. Right. Awesome. You so, and so he's one of the guys and obviously we talked about his, the civil growing up in the midst of the civil rights movement and things like that. And, and Edwin has got a good buddy, Shimon Williams, who played for like four different NBA teams. Oh, so wow, yeah. about him and the, and this is before the season started. So we talked to him about what was going on with the NBA and what should be happening and all the great things that he's doing for the black community right now too. So, so we did, we did that. And uh, Edwin and I opened it up for questions for other people too. And basically, it's just Edwin and I have had a real, real special relationship for a really, really, really long time, long before either one of us, anybody knew who either one of us were. Um, and he, he's a real conscious dude. You know? But I'm his friend. I'm the guy he calls when he needs to, like, all right, he needs somebody to talk him down before he loses his mind about something, you know? Uh, so I've always been that dude. And we've had these conversations, except they've always been in private. And folks, and if we really want to talk about change and we're all going to commit to it, then we have to talk then. White folks have got to ask the, com- ask the questions that they're afraid to ask and they really want to ask, but they don't want to look ignorant or offend the person they're going to ask. And black folks have to be receptive to having those questions asked, even though formally we would be pissed off if you asked us such an asinine question. Mm-hmm. But we have to, all, we have to pull the, the curtain back a little bit and allow white folks to to see what we talk about every Wednesday night at the Hey Whitey meeting at South St. Matthew's <laughs> Baptist Church in Jerry Curl, South Carolina. Okay, okay. Where can we where can we hear or see the show, Kelly? 
So you can go on out to Kelly Bell Band Facebook, and the first, I think the first four or five episodes are up there. And with the people, some of the people I mean, oh, also uh, uh, Daryl Davis. So Daryl Davis is uh, the the gentleman, the black gentleman that infiltrated the Ku Klux Klan. And so, and Daryl's very, very famous for his work with the Klan. He's got a bunch of DC at home, right? Yeah. So I know Daryl because he's a phenomenal pianist. Yeah. And he's like one of the baddest piano players in blues and jazz. He plays all like all the big plays, and he's traveled. He's been an international star for years. And I, he's been a friend of mine from that. And I always thought he was crazy as hell for trying to deal with the Klan. So what I did was we put it, we put him on the show, and we talked about how this all came about and all the things that he's done. And at this point. He's gotten over a hundred guys to leave the clan. He's got a closet wow. full. Of, a closet yeah. full of oh, clan. that's a great. The lead. I yeah. thought you yeah. said lead. I was like, no. no. I'm like literally <laughs> trying to keep it together over yeah, here. Like, no. what are leave, you talking about? Leave, baby. It's, no it's, it's weird because I saw the way she was looking into the camera. Yeah. And what, the way she was staring, I, I almost forgot I was wearing pants. <laughs> I was literally, I thought you said leave. I was like, I sit down real quick. I was like, damn, but she looked like a joke. <laughs> I, I literally had no idea how to enter. I was like, what do I say? Should I correctly right now? Like, <laughs> yeah, I thought, well, I literally thought you no, said no, leave. I, and I was like, mm. this guy's a good friend of yours. And then you were like, he plays the piano. He's a great pianist. And I'm like, okay, you know, I, I know some crazy people that I've worked with musically. Like, I'm trying to console myself over here. Yeah, he's really he's really good. Yeah, he started a hundred clan chapters. Like it was, it was like, <laughs> right, right. the black guy. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 and I, I brought him up like several times on the show before uh, from that documentary. It was it was on Netflix. I'm not sure if it still is, but I mean this guy yes, yes. this guy actually made people like he changed their heart. Yeah. People people are yes. like at first they're like oh black people are this and that and then and then he became their friend he, and they're like wait a minute well he's not like that. And so he, he, didn't say, no, he didn't do it no punk ass way either. He wasn't like. You know, like there, there are people who have looked at him and have criticized him and called him an Uncle Tom and all this other stuff. And I'm insane. like, what have you done for the black community? Right. He's got 100 white supremacists to go the other way. Right. He's got their cloaks in his closet to prove it. So I'm like, I don't give a damn what his means were. You know, and, and if you meet the guy, you know that he is black. Mm -hmm. you know, if you meet the guy, you know he, I mean, you we know. We need more like we need more people like him, Kelly, because oh, yeah. our country is divided more than ever before. Social media makes it seem that way. Social but... media makes it seem that way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with Chachi on this. I think it's social right. media is not as bad as what people like say it is because we do this anyway when we're sitting in, with our friends at the table or we're in a social setting. We still talk these same ways. We still say our views. Yeah, uh, but, I, but, I definitely but, but would now say the country is divided to... right now, and you can tell just not even based off of social media. You can tell from your life experience. Yeah, yeah, but but, I mean, but but social media gives a gives. It, it, you can't hide who you are if you have those views. So if you were talking to one friend and you were saying, you know, I feel a certain way. 
but you and you're putting it out like this, but then you're saying something else behind you. You are more transparent to me. To me, you're either a catfish or you're being more transparent. Everybody can see who you really are. So here's where so I, I don't feel like social media is that bad. If we sit there and look at, you know, if we sit there and realize that those are our individual views, but now we, it's like we're having a conversation amongst us all. If one person says that they feel a certain way, and even if you didn't know that these people were like that or, or anything like that, it's going to start a discussion with everybody in his network. So now, you know, it's a more, you have a more comprehensive uh, understanding of this person. Okay. That's what I think. Well, I think you make some some incredible points. And I learned three things right there. Two, there are two very powerful and strong sisters that are sitting there speaking to us right now. Uh, yeah. Two, two, your internet sucks. Yeah, your internet's horrible. Three, we all dial up of your weed guy. <laughs> yeah. No, but the, yeah, but a crazy part of the documentary was there was um this um black activist on there that was totally against him and what he was doing, you know, saying like, oh, how can you be friends with these KKK people? They hate you and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Where where this guy wasn't doing anything compared to what Daryl was doing. I mean, Daryl was changing hearts. Getting, I mean, that's so powerful. You gotta figure this guy, all the people he comes in contact with in his life, his children, his wife, he's now telling. They're not telling people like, okay, well. Black people aren't like this, that you thought they were. I mean, that's more important coming from him than coming from somebody like a black activist who, who won't be able to reach these people that, that now this guy who was in the Klan can reach. It's hard, to, it's hard to talk to somebody that just wants to be heard and doesn't want to listen. Exactly. If somebody is sitting there and they're saying, you, and they may have really great points, but if they don't, if, if they are, you know, I want to sit down and talk, but they don't actually, they want to talk. They don't yeah. want to listen. They don't want to have the discussion. They don't want to sit down. And I think that before, like, you you can't, it, it's really hard to navigate those waters. It's so hard to navigate. navigate. Kelly, you got some, I knew you were about to say something, Kelly. Yeah. I can't see Kelly. We can't see him. He's, like, gone. And Y'all see me, right? I see you. That's all that matters, Kelly. We saw it. We saw you. We can't. Well, that will come back to uh the, that number two thing I said about your internet sucking. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> how you doing, Bill? Anyway, <laughs> I love you. Yeah. You know I'm joking. This is what I do. Yeah. They're on AOL. Yeah. <laughs> you might want to reboot that. Oh, um, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Here's where I think, uh, honestly, and I mean, usually I'm real jokey, jokey about it, but uh, on this one, in all seriousness, I think what the videos and everything else that have been, because of social media, again, because it can go, this is nothing new. Sunday, Bloody Sunday was what Martin Luther King needed to happen so that it was exposed. Because we put JFK on such a pedestal, and I'll go, I'll be, I'll go on record to say that. JFK didn't do a whole lot to support the civil rights movement until his hand was forced to do it. Mm-hmm. And, 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 it mm-hmm. and that his hand was forced because it was broadcast. Sunday Bloody Sunday finally showed everybody what was really happening in the South. Check, check, how check. How it actually was. So, Is I, that I Selma? Think, I think, uh, 
Uh, I think one of the things that's happening right now is that all these videos is doing the same thing, but even on a grander scale because of the social media. So you got now you got the whole world cashing in on it. Well, but but I think what the reason why it's so important right now, and this is this also involves white folks. And one of the reasons why it's so important now is COVID, because look at what we're doing right now. This is indicative of what I'm saying. The fact right. that we find creative ways to do a show, everything is done right in front of a damn screen. Mm -hmm. So everybody's being exposed to it. And right is right and wrong is wrong. And people are seeing that and they're going, I need to do something about this. What can I do about this? And and social media, like Sister said, gives us the, the platform to be able to do it. And for those of us that have a name, it definitely gives you an opportunity to do it anymore. Like all of us fall in that category, you know? Mm -hmm. But I think COVID has given, it's given white America an opportunity to, it's put it right here. Those videos put it right here. Right. You can't walk away from it because of the situation. You can't go outside. You can't <laughs> go to the park. You can't go to the bar and tell your friends about you how sick of seeing the news. Because it's every time you turn your phone on, your tablet on, your computer on, it's in front of you. And COVID has done that. So the horrible, the horrible part of COVID we all know about. But the one thing about that's been good about COVID, it has forced us to take a look of our, at ourselves. It has forced America to take a look at itself. It, it it's it's looked it's re-examined Colin, Colin Kaepernick and everything that he tried to do, which was nothing different than Tommy Carlos and John and I mean Tommy Smith and John Carlos in the nineteen sixty eight Olympics, mm -hmm. and they got they got their medals stripped and all they went through all the same stuff except now they're seen wow. as I'm just going to say one quick thing about because a lot of people are like, well, we should leave politics out of sports. OK, but you know what? I think athletes, athletes, musicians, actors, anyone that has the a platform. public, the platform, the platform. has public an obligation figure, yeah. to stand up for what they believe in and let others lead the way for others. Mm -hmm. And the best way to do that is to exploit your platform, like, in a peaceful way. Yeah. As far as people saying, like, oh, I don't want to mix sports and politics, like, well, it's I don't want to have to do that either, but unfortunately, my race great and issues with great, my, yeah. my race come up all the yeah. time. So... You know what's interesting? Her tongue ring? Oh, uh, that the tongue ring's interesting. That that's been interesting for years. That, <laughs> that is the topic of so but, many conversations. Guys, keep, keep your mind out of the gutter Look and out of the butter. Look at your eyes. camera and your tongue like ah 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 ah. How the hell am I not seeing that? It's like right there. So, it's right here, right here. So you mentioned actors and public figures that are on social media. Sometimes they backfire. So The Rock actually <laughs> publicly supported for the first time uh, a presidential candidate in Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And uh, he said this is the first time he's actually endorsed a presidential candidate, the first time ever. And supposedly he lost tens of thousands of followers on social media. Yeah. The Rock. Dwayne Johnson. The Rock? The Rock. Oh yeah. yeah, I saw him. So uh, it does it does backfire when you do get political, when you do 
use your celebrity to be on the social media platforms yeah, and be vocal. It, so it, it, I think that's true. If you go check out our show with at the conversations with Edwin McCain and Kelly Bell, if you go look at those shows, man, you'll notice there's a couple things we don't do. We do not speak about the president. We won't. We won't. We don't go into you know. And we even talk with our guests because we we you know we, there's a pre meeting with our guests and all this and let people know it is of course a, it's a family friendly show um, because we want it to be you know it's it's all about educating each other right it's all, all of us and asking and, that you're afraid to ask at the coffee machine you know at work you just it's just about that kind of thing you know and it's this involves all of us all all of us not just black and white it just comes well, down to black and white but I, you know me and my we had band practice last night and we stayed. That's why we have you on tonight, buddy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're tonight, bro. We're getting ready for some really big recordings, so you know, and that, we'll be talking about all that stuff soon. So I, I don't want to um for our 25th anniversary thing. So that's this year. Wow, 25th. You need singer. Congratulations. I know, I know, and she's quite the phenomenal singer too. Right. Um. Yeah. But there's, so there's things that we're doing, and and last night we got to talking, man, and we we were sitting up to one o'clock talking about just all of this and how passionate we all are about it. But I will say to the sister that that I don't think that entertainers and, and athletes and people who do have a platform are obligated. I think that you have your option because I'll be honest, there are times that I want to turn on something to get away from this. And escapism, it, yes. It's it's part of my obligation too to also explain to some of my white friends who don't understand why I can walk away from it because I, that is my existence. That is my reality right. and always been. I have been a large black man my entire since the sixth grade. I have never walked past cars and not heard doors locked. I've never done that. I've always been followed in Macy's by the security guard. I have. I mean, these are things that I've. I have been harassed by the police more times than I can count. But I'm also someone that respects the police. I work for the military. So I'm, I'm a big believer in the work that they do. And, and, and I do think that the, the office itself of the presidency of the United States, which is considered the most powerful position in the world, commands respect, even though I'm not going to say I like the guy in the position. Right. I think the position commands respect. Even if the, even if the person in the position isn't showing respect, I think the position still commands respect. Well, and I, think I, I always feel I'm very firm on this. Uh, respect is earned. Like nobody should just deserves it. See, I I, I, I provide I, out of kindness. I provide respect first, but then I insist upon it in return. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I'll be I'm decent. Like I'm a decent person. I'm not, I try my best not to be judgmental, but at the same time, um, when somebody is sitting there and they're talking about, they're, they're doing things that, 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 you know, he makes everything so tremendous. He makes everything so bigly, bigly. He, he does, bigly. He does so, and he's painting, like he's telling falsehoods. He's not only telling falsehoods, but he, he like openly affiliates with people that are racist. He like Yeah, like, let's can we talk about the debate a little bit? Because there was a, a very controversial part of the first presidential debate between Trump and Biden, 
where um Where they asked, they asked not shut the fuck up. No, well, he wouldn't. Well, okay, so Joe Joe Biden and the moderator Chris asked Trump to denounce white supremacy mm-hmm. and denounce uh, those hate groups. Um, basically, he um, mentioned well, the Proud that. Boys, the Proud Boys. Mm-hmm. to stand back and stand by. He did not denounce, he did not denounce the group or any other white supremacist hate group. He just said stand back and stand by. Actually the leader of that group said Trump basically said go let's go fuck them up. This makes me so happy. Yeah. Um, that sounds I don't know if you can infer that from like what he said. Oh, he was but- what I will say is that it was very evident that he neglected to to like denounce any of those hate groups. And you know why? It's because they're all voting for him. So he knows that's a big chunk of his Do you think that he actually believes Good what, point. Do you think that he that he is a support like he is one of those guys, or do you think that he's just doing it to um, to get votes? Do you think that he he'll do think, anything just to get the votes? So you, do do you think that he doesn't believe what he's saying? As far I mean, as he when it may, comes to, like, I don't really know. I think he's the devil either way. I mean, if you support it, it doesn't matter if you don't believe in it. If you support it and enforce it, then. Yeah, but if you listen to the question when when um, Wallace was asking you a question, he said he said do you these groups? And he he said sure. Trump said sure. And Wallace keeps talking, and then Trump's like, well, what what groups are you referring to? That's when he brought right. up the, the the Proud Boys. The Proud Boys. Which, yeah. Is that a hate group or not? Like I don't know much about. Well, they them. have a history of violent yeah. confrontations. Um, well, is that they a hate cl- group? They, the Proud yeah. Boys. I'm not even to give them any. Any credit or any more airtime, but just to, but the, we'll, we'll wrap up the segment and yeah, he, mentioned, he, mentioned, he mentioned them and he gave them a new motto, which they have they instantly proclaimed to be their own now, and it's all over all of their uh, propaganda and everything else and whatever. I mean, you can they have their their it's this is the United States of America. They have a right to express themselves in that way, and that's all fine, whether the president supports it or not. But you know, I mean. The man has revealed himself so many times over. It, it is what it is. He is who he is. And 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 next month you can decide whether you want to have something to do about it. But right. yeah, but the man won last time by 13 states. If that doesn't t- show America what America really is, then and I think that's what it did. The people people who sit back and go and wait a minute, that's not the America that we want to live in. Uh, we don't we don't want things to be a landslide like that with with such a controversial administration. Right. Um, so I think people are 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 you know going to step in next month. But if you're asking me if I think he's going to win again, absolutely, I think he's going to win again. And I think I don't think it's going to be the landslide it was last time, but I do think I he's going to win. And I think he'll I'm win. I'm actually concerned. Trump did announce like five days ago whether he keeps his plan or not to designate. Um, both the KKK and Antifa as terrorist organizations. Yeah. Um, last Friday. Sabrina, the moderator, whether or not he would denounce them, he 
he literally deflected and He's like, then oh, oh, yeah, well, gave a cheer on to okay. a group that supports that. Sab- like, Sabrina, I, I don't Sabrina, know how you can Sabrina, that can any other way. Hold on, I want to be the moderator right now. Chachi was <laughs> speaking, and I wanted Chachi to finish what he was saying. Okay, sorry, sorry. go ahead. I'm Chris Wallace. Oh, no, no, I was saying, I was saying that the question um, I thought was uh, um, hit against Trump, and I, I thought Trump could have answered a million questions better that night. Um, but but the violence that has been going on across the country for like the last five months had been from Antifa and and and, and um, groups like that. You know the burning down of um of buildings and you know and and the, and the trying to burn down um a courthouse and Not like all of Antifa reflects the violent part of the pro like there's the going to be radicals the Antifa hurts the Black Lives Matter movement because then they get lumped in. They do it under the guise of um, BLM, Antifa, because they know that people won't um, attack them if they're saying they're doing it like, like, oh, we're doing this for black people. You know, that's how they play with um, violence. No, I mean, they're doing it. Uh, well, they're anti-fascist. That's what the Antifa is for. So they're really anti-fascist no matter what the race is. Mm-hmm. But yes, they do like support Black Lives Matter yeah, in and, addition. And, but I and I don't understand what the issue is with people and Black Lives I Matter not, either. Even with Donald Trump, when he mentions Antifa, he does not lump them in with Black Lives Matter. He right. doesn't mention Black Lives Matter as the, the you know, the extreme that he says Antifa is like a terrorist group. He doesn't right. say that about Black Lives Matter. So that's always a good thing. But um when you know and and what i've noticed a lot too is with these protests and things like that when you see these antifa people they're the people that are against that antifa they're They're mostly mostly not yeah they're not black they're they're mostly white and and i i've mentioned a million times they're like like these are white people like i mean call them out the white people people are always like oh well you um you could down um, black people when they ride or whatever. Like, these are white people riding mostly. Like call them out, you know. Like they're burning down. They're white people burning down black businesses, and 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 the people yep. in the media ignores it because they're saying that they're doing it for BLM the when they're not. I understand that there's only like there's only so much discussion before like. This is going to sound crazy, but before, like, violence needs to occur. And that's the truth with every spectrum. If you can't, like, work it out with another country, you go to war. Like, that's literally what it is. And I think that that's where black people are right now. We've done everything by the book. We have waited for so many times. Yeah, okay. It sucks that you got, we burned down your building, but you can replace that building. And I'm sure you have insurance. Well, we can't we replace, can't replace all the people that you've killed of ours. Sabrina, Kelly has a point to make. I, and, and no offense to you, my sister, but I wholeheartedly disagree with you. And, okay. and what you are speaking about is the psychology of oppression. And if you read uh, Franz Fanon's work, and he talks about it. And the anger that you're talking about is all within the psychology of oppression and how to oppress. And yes, mm-hmm. black people are most certainly oppressed people in this country since I, since the dawning of this country. Mm-hmm. But but to to 
I think that there are too many people using violence as a means to use violence. I, you're not saying violence. I'm, I'm not saying that that's I'm not it. At the same time, I'm saying. Hold on, hold on. And they're using this movement as an excuse to become violent. Yeah, and I agree with that. Yeah, like not, not, not all the main people, but when you, but when I you do talk agree. about the terrorists, when you talk about the terrorist aspect of this thing, well, we were talking about the white the white people that are in Antifa that are burning down buildings. I agree with that. Like, I, not, I, violence is not the answer. No. Like, I, mean, I don't how, think how violence. How much marching can you do, my people? Agreed, agreed. No, I don't no, think no, violence is, Hold on. It, like, look, I do think violence is really the way that humanity has solved things throughout time, through wars, through battles. Like, that's financially that's why. Because I'm not war, saying, like, you should... the economy, that's why. Pardon me? Violence, violence, and regarding, you're talking about the capturing of resources and then using violence to capture other resources and stealing and... and oh, no, I'm not no, talking no, about no, no, no. that. No. No. We're talking about using violence in, 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 throughout history. That's still why violence is being used. I'm saying that, that it's, it's because it's been financially beneficial for people. War has always been fantastic for the economy. Oh yeah. So the, the it 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 there's a fun the bottom line to everything that we're talking about is money. It's always money. It's the only color that ever matters. Pe black people forget. And what's sad, and and I'll go into that if you want me to, Al. But the the what's sad is that you know black black folks, especially a lot of black children now. And I and I know because I work with a lot of them. Who you ask them what? Tell me something about black folks. And one of the first things out their mouths was we were slaves. Well, they also don't realize that we also were rulers of the known world at at one point where we also had slaves. Them damn pyramids didn't build themselves. And I don't yeah. care what anybody says, aliens didn't do it. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that I'm I'm trying to justify slavery. I'm saying let's all let's understand it. Because again, like last night, when one of my buddies was saying, Well, so but and this was a brother that was saying, When do we get to let it go? And I said, mm -hmm. Because when you're talking about generational, generational oppression, you're talking about a young black man who is looking at Mr. Arbery, who was shot and literally hunted down in the street, had that been a horrible, horrible, had that been a dog in the neighborhood, the ASPCA would have had their ass at the police station that night. Even if they didn't go to jail, they would have at least been down there filling out a police report about why they were riding in the back of a pickup truck chasing down a dog in the street. Now, if you're a young black man and you see that they that they value the life of a dog more than they would the life of a man minding his own business. Running. What did they think of you? Taking and a jog. That is exactly what generational oppression is. Because that kid doesn't, he, when you see that, how is he supposed to think that you value his life? When you see, when you go see some of these other crazy videos of, of uh, how tolerant and I'm not here to beat up on the police. Don't get me wrong. Somebody break in my house. I'm not calling fucking Ghostbusters. I'm calling the police. Yeah, you're calling the fucking police. Man. Yes, I'm calling the police. So, um, but I'm I'm saying when you 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 got to think about 
everything that's going on with all of this, man, it's not. And, and I think it, it to react and come out with violence, man, gets it gets really sticky. And 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 I think if you read Fano's work, you you'll you'll hear and, and study more about the 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 whole psychology behind oppression. You really understand that even with folks tearing up their neighborhood, that is still within the realm of oppression. But I will say this, the, the power structures, if you'll notice the last time it happened in Baltimore, they tore up North Avenue, but they had a line of cops so you couldn't get to the Inner Harbor because that's where all oh, that yeah. money is. And they don't care if you tear up your own neighborhood because that is part of hey. the oppression. That well, you, even the mayor said that, the mayor said, get them room to destroy. Right, you want yeah. that. But that's but the mayor when the mayor said that the mayor was talking about a military uh, uh, technique. She wasn't misspeaking. That was completely misinterpreted. And people oh, okay. with it. She was talking about a military technique that you use to deal with that, and that is exactly what you do. Right. She she was talking about, but she did not translate that, and that was right. part of her job. So it was unfortunately part of her failing. Right. But it, well, it was her job to explain that. <clears throat> later. So, so so uh, uh that's panel, panel. Quick, um, Okay, go ahead. Uh, with violence, like there's, there's so many groups that you could say is a good cause, like people who are uh, against abortion believe in their cause. But then you had, especially back in um, the past decade, you had people blowing up abortion clinics, you know, or shooting abortion doctors. Like, right. like where, where, where does it end? Like people who are people are, are super into animal rights, but then they'll go and like shoot somebody like um, like a meatpacking plant or something like that. Like, yeah, like there's, there's so much violence that. Can, cause and i understand people being angry and not thinking about other um of avenues or, or getting tired of um, yeah. fighting but that, but, that, that, i agree with you 100 percent you do you you carl marx did say that change comes through conflict so i i, I do support what the sisters say voices sometimes voices have to be raised to be heard so mm -hmm. you have to get attention. So you need somebody like Colin Kaepernick to sacrifice his career and take a knee and being blackballed to 10 years later, or however long it was, before the NFL comes out and says, oh, my God, we were wrong. They the violence is rare because it does the same thing and it holds the same power. They're not, they not giving him his career back. But also, yeah, all the time. also, you have to take into account Think about NASCAR taking that flag down. There are two things that I never thought I would see in my black lifetime, and that's yeah. a black president of the United States and NASCAR yeah. taking the damn flag down. I never And also a black Buffy and a black Mary Jane, but that's that's just me personally. Oh, the black Mary Jane. <laughs> we'll get into all that yeah. stuff okay, in entertainment. So but I'd, like to, I'd like to wrap up this discussion because yeah. we're going to bring on Lorenzo Yearby, who is a great up-and-coming actor he's in this great film called the 24th i don't know if any of y'all got a chance to see it. it's a phenomenal yeah. film um he played lucky he's got a pivotal scene during the trial towards the end of the film um this is this was in 1917 you know so this was about the this 24th um you know group military army group of all black army soldiers and um you know, the issues that they went through, um, you know, uh, for just for being black, you know, uh, dealing with, at the time, also corrupt police officers. Um, and, uh, yeah, just this dealing with segregation and racial discrimination. And this is 1917 when this movie took place. And it's based on actual events. Crazy oh, to think. God, 20, in 2020, we're, we're, we're talking about the same issues, which is crazy. Hey, John, um, 
Chachi didn't hear me, did he? I didn't hear what you said, no. I said, Chachi, you were like 13. Oh, back then? Like 1917, you were like 13. Yeah. Oh, right. It was only 13. Those were the days. Like the show on Netflix? Yes. You talking about the 13th Amendment? The the show? The no, 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 oh, no, no. I'm talking about the uh, actor that will be joining us uh, momentarily, Lorenzo Yerby. Yes. So uh, as we wait for his... Uh, him to join us, um, which I think he actually, yes. I can't I think wait to tell him that that's what I named my hair. Okay. I think he's joining us shortly. Lorenzo, are you with us? Yeah. Hi. Yo, what's up, Lorenzo? Can you hear us okay? Yes. Yeah, I'm pretty here, pretty well. All right, let's go ahead and introduce some guys. He's oh. in this incredible film that you can see on video on demand called The 24th. Wow, it's all about the, the military riots in 1917 based on a true story. He plays the character of Lucky. This actor's been on True Detective on HBO, NCIS New Orleans, Atlanta. He's got his own YouTube show called The Pastor Petty. Guys, we welcome the one and only Lorenzo Yearby. Thanks for having me. How's it going? Well, I, I see you got uh, uh, what I see a drum set and a guitar behind you. What's up? Yeah, I'm I'm a musician. I play like everything. I even uh, I shoot short films and produce them too, but I, I compose my own music too. So yeah, I'm right a musician. I, I play like everything, man. So it's basically mm. a music-filled set here. Yeah, it's like it's all of us. Like yeah. we should all like be in the same room. We should just all collab. <laughs> we should all move in together. <laughs> oh, Kelly. I feel like I should be wearing a condom right now. <laughs> I feel like I should be wearing a cape. <laughs> Kelly, are you able to hang out for our interview with Lorenzo? I hope you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, Lorenzo, I got a 1937 Gibson L30 on the back behind me in this case in the wall back here. I don't know if you can oh, see, I see it. it. I see it. So that's, I don't know if you know the story of uh, of B.B. King's Lucille. No, I don't. I don't. Real quick, uh, when back in the day when black folks couldn't play in, in clubs, uh, you know, and they had to kind of play with barnstorming so they would play wherever they could and uh so he um they were playing this barn one night and it uh, two guys got to fighting and they used to fill like a five gallon drum of kerosene so they would fill it up like halfway and light the top of it and it would provide heat and light mm -hmm. so these two guys got to fighting while bb was up there playing and the thing tips over in a barn so it's all straw and hay the plate that goes up like that on fire and bb gets out barely he realizes he left his guitar in there. That's his livelihood. So he runs back in to get his 1937 Sunburst Gibson L30 that cost him $16 back then. I would have done that with my last time. Oh, I would have been in there. Lucille was the name of the girl that the guys were fighting over. So for the rest of his life, <laughs> he made all his guitars Lucille, so he would never do anything that stupid again. And that guitar on me, that guitar on my wall in the back, is a Gibson L30. It's the same model, same year. Wow. And I'm telling you that story because BB King told me that story himself in the dressing room. That's awesome. Wow. That's, That's how, crazy. That's how my life. But also, I feel like. I, I have different names for my guitars because I feel like they're all individuals and they give me different things. Mm -hmm. And what like, I, 
you know. What do you what do you play, Lorenzo? So well, you got drums back there. What do you got yeah, back there? Do one of your guitar players, Doc Johnson? I have a guitar here, drums there. I got an organ over here to my left. Um, and some other stuff and back there. Another. Where is your phone number? Oh, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Siren, stop. Where is your phone number? How you oh, doing? Do a shuttle. Come on. Come on now. Come on now. Why you doing All right. So, so Lorenzo, let's get into the movie, man. The 24th, man. Brilliant film, man. This is a movie that a lot of people need to see, bro. I think yeah. in this, the current state of our nation, a lot of the division going on, the racial injustices, and we're going back to 1917. But I think a lot of the things, you know, that we saw in this film could apply to today. Would you say the same thing? 2017. <laughs> right. Yeah, 1917 so. to 2017, right? Yeah, 103 years later, it's the same thing, man. It's, it's, it's real sad. Um, I don't know what to say about it. It just feels like, I know it sounds cliche, but it feels like the Twilight Zone, man. It, doesn't even feel real. It's crazy. It real. You yeah. know, and just looking at even some of the stuff I've been seeing today after after the debate the other night, just seeing all these people threatening we will start a civil war and we'll come out with guns blazing. And I'm like, for what? Like, what are we fighting over? It's just, it's ridiculous, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think it's an important film with an important message. And um, congratulations on on the role of, of Lucky. I mean, I guess <clears throat> you were kind of like the the uh, reluctant whistleblower, I guess, towards uh, yeah, well, it, was, it, was, or, it was kind of it was planned that way. You know, they they yeah. needed somebody as as it is today. Somebody has to take the fall, so they felt right. like he was the youngest one. He was the most innocent. He had the most life in front of him, so it was like you know, you do this for us, save your life, save your life. Because I think they made, they pretty much made a deal with them because they were everybody's going to be executed. I don't know if you know this, but about twelve to fourteen all only I got watched executed. The film we watched the film, yeah. Testify, it was going to be everybody. So that was that's what that was about. So it's all or some. It wasn't no. It, yeah, there was not. There's no chance to save any of them. And I you know we're going to a little spoiler territory, but then again, it is based on real events. So right, right. I guess <laughs> so. Well, the spoiler. Hey man, I, I haven't seen the film yet, but I am definitely that uh, you you piqued my interest. I'm going to watch it tomorrow. I haven't really seen that level of racism honestly until well, it was Christmas at Chachi's house last year, but. <laughs> What did you get a lump? Did you get a lump of Jemima for dinner? <laughs> stop, oh, stop. Aunt Jemima? That's some, that's some great pancakes. That's some uh, great um, syrup. Come on. Did you get a lump of coal, Kelly? Did you get a lump of coal? No, no. I just, I just embraced that's the oppression. I had a class of oppression. <laughs> uh, Lorenzo, tell us about the audition process because, again, this is a really well-produced film. I mean, you got Thomas Hayden Church, Michael T. Williamson, uh, Trey Byers. I mean, these are all great, phenomenal actors you're working with. Mm. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it actually was a taped audition. I mean, a lot of a lot of things is taped these days, you know, um, especially with me being out here on the um, on the East Coast. And so I sent in the tape. They uh, sent me for one role. And I was telling my friend about it and my writing partner was like, I really want to do this film. I really want to do this role. And then they said, they sent me another audition. I'm like, wait a minute, was I, not, was I not good enough for the first role? So they sent me, I guess they were just trying to see my range of what I could do. So they sent me an audition for a second role and I ended up booking that one. 
But then I got to set, and they were like, "Wait a minute!" It's like you got a you got a little bit more to you, so we're gonna switch you to this role, which ended up being lucky. Which I'm actually glad it happened that way, even though I was upset at first because I thought I wanted the other role. But I mean, the universe works out things the way it's supposed yes. to be. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, the produce the producer said Lucky is the heart of the film, comparable mm-hmm. to Lupita Nyong'o's character in Twelve Years a Slave. That's a pretty big wow. statement. Yeah, That's yeah. I mean. I mean, it's, it's dope to be talked about in the same conversation with, as her and stuff. And I'm trying to build the same type of legacy. You know, I tell people all the time, you know, I mean, I really love acting. I'm not one of those people who was trying to be, you know, the love interest, the sex symbol. Like, I like meaty roles. I'm a very dramatic type. Like, I tell people all the time, right. like, Antoine Fisher's. I don't know if you, if you remember Radio, the Cuba Gooding Jr. play. Like, I like that type of stuff. I like big. And, like, I don't want to be a mind reciter and, you know, be sexy. And I'm not stunning any of that. You know, I really yeah, like yeah. acting. Yeah. The I character you want to dive into, the character you want to become somebody else. Like you're, you're more into the artistic aspect right. of it that than you so are awesome. the like, you know, what what's being put forth for a lot of people. Don't be laughing, Kelly Bell. Don't be laughing. Kelly, I'm sorry. I can't articulate myself well. Siren, Siren, you're twirling your hair over there. You're trying to flirt with Lorenzo. I feel, I feel seen. I feel seen right now. I feel personally seen. Don't <laughs> swear, I see you. I swear, I swear to God, I'm trying. Look, hey, Lorenzo, look, let's talk a little bit. Let's look, talk a little bit about your music, man. And make sure uh, Al's got your information so I'll be happy to send you some. I got 13 albums. I've sold hundreds of thousands of records and I've been on the road for 25 years. So. Kelly Bell Band. Yeah. I feel like I should give you my background, but I'm not going to. I'm just everybody gonna wants, feel like everybody wants to promote themselves. Check out my music if you feel so inclined. But I'm going to give you my background. All right. Well, for another time. Basically, we all want to work, so we should all have some drinks, pull out our instruments, and do a fucking jam. Hey, first of all, put your put your hippie skirt back on and go to fuck back to the fish concert and twirl around. Let go. Uh, yeah. About Thank you. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you. Drop circle, woman. Like fish. Like fish. I do like fish, but I probably wouldn't be at a fish concert. Have you heard of me like Mariah Carey? I'm definitely. Oh my God, please don't even start with Mariah Carey. Hold on, Sabrina. Hold on. You had two pivotal scenes, Lorenzo. One in the very beginning where you got pissed on while eating a sandwich. You basically ate a piss sandwich. Uh, Let's first of all talk about that pivotal scene because that. That that was just the first, I guess, act of blatant racism uh, in the film. Uh, I guess was you getting pissed on by the, the, the I guess the, were they white also Tommy, white? Tommy, yeah, uh, yeah, members of the white, um, the white part of the of your. Uh, yeah, no, it was by one of the construction workers, Tommy. I mean, he's just he's raising hell and stuff like I said. I mean, at this point, they're really trying to provoke, you know, the uh, the, the the our infantry or our um, I'm sorry, regiment to violence or whatever. So that's, the, like I said, the act of blatant disrespect, trying to get a reaction out of us and everything. And especially, like I said, knowing that I'm one of the youngest ones, they knew it would really piss everybody off. Well, yeah. I mean, the, the, I mean, there were so many instances of, of that disrespect mm-hmm. uh, shown towards uh, all 
all the, the actors, uh, you know, all the characters of the, that were black in the film. Um, I mean, everything from the trolley, just the, that, that trolley ride that you're on. Yeah. The segregation on the trolley where one of the, the soldiers couldn't find a seat. So he sat in the section with the white, you know, folks sat. And yeah, yeah and that drama ensued there. And uh, wow, I mean, these are just things that are opening my eyes up to, to how things were, you know, were during that time. Yeah, well, I'm gonna tell, I'll, I'll tell you what I tell everybody else. It's a sad thing. Um, a lot of my family's from, my friends are from New York, and some of them from LA on the West Coast too. Right. And the thing is that a lot of racism goes on every single day, and some of it we get so used. That's sad to say. We get so used to it that we ignore it. And like, far, you know, I'll use a simple one: being followed in the store. And so I think a lot of a lot of yeah. my white friends and colleagues, they think we like make it up and it's all in our imagination. But I was like, it happens every day more than what you see on the news, more than the killings. And we deal with it every day, but we've got so used to it that my friends will come down from New York and they'll just be like, yo, why is why is dude looking at you like that? I'm like, and it's like, I'm so used to it. I live every day of my life like this. And why are they follow us around the store? You know what I'm saying? But to us, it's like, it's like you just walk in the store, you kind of used to it. So it's um I mean, this stuff, it, it really, it always been, always been going on, but yeah, I'm, I'm just saying this, I, I mean, since Trump has been in office, it's just giving, it's like empowering racism and people are coming out just more blatant and more blatant. And I, you know, I tell, they, they've been fed this lie that we're trying to fight them. I'm like, you're fighting an invisible war. We're not trying to fight you. We're trying to live our life, have barbecues and dance. Like, I mean, we're not right. stunned on stuff, but uh it's, it's just feeding this this narrative that we're trying to fight them, so they gotta defend themselves. I'm like, you're defending yourself against nothing. We're just trying to enjoy our time, and they don't realize that they're being used to divide the country. So these people can make money. Like they're not studying studying any of us. So um, it's, it's it's real crazy. So look, yeah. where are you from? Because you I now I didn't notice that country ass term that you didn't use the studying. Cause my my I got family from Culpeper, Virginia, and 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 from Texas, and no, and black Southern black folks say studding. Uh, and you I, said it twice. My, my mother from New York, so my and my mother uh, was very uh, she was honest how how we spoke because she wrote she raised us in the South, so I'm I'm like in that between. Like if I go up north, they're like you you're not from here, but when I come down here, they're like you're not from here. So it's, I'm like in that between kind of area. But my mother make sure we spoke correctly. She she didn't play that. Like she would she raise the yeah. hand say something like <laughs> cool. Don't your words. She didn't play that. Right on. Right you're on. Current, you're currently at Hotlanta, which yes. I, I think is awesome. I mean, the film and television market um is awesome there. I guess pre COVID, but things are starting to, you know, production's starting up now in Atlanta, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it's, it's they trying to get going and and everything, but um it's going to come back around. I'm just, I'm really hoping at some point the theaters, get, you know, open full blast because we were supposed to have a, a festival run. That's how we were really going to promote it. Right. Festival buzz, but we literally got canceled two days. Like I was ready to get on the plane, had all my clothes uh, packed, right. and we got canceled. I was like, probably red carpet premiere too. But, you know, we really needed that festival buzz, but we you know we're hoping the film still gets out there. Yeah, it's on available on video demand on demand now. You guys are probably supposed to have like a red carpet premiere, I imagine, too. At one of the yeah, was, we had a couple actually, and it just it threw everything out of whack. It's just I was ready. I'm like my first film, you know, red carpet had all these interviews and stuff set up. And yeah, yeah, yeah so. that that's the thing. I do miss the red carpet, my man. But uh, <laughs> this is an incredible film, man, and just some some really incredible acting by by yourself. 
uh, Trey Byers, Thomas Hayden Church, Michael T. Williamson. I mean, these are these are great actors you're working with. Um, had did you reach out to either like Michael T. or someone like a Thomas Hayden Church who have been veterans in the industry? Uh, for a long time, did they talk to you? Maybe give you some advice? Or... Yeah, yeah, Michael T. still talk a lot. Um, even yeah. even now, yeah, I just just talked to him the other day, and so he's I, a Forrest I, I, Gump man, you know. <laughs> it's kind of... <laughs> I didn't want to come on set saying that because it really sounds corny. Be fanboy, uh, yeah. You know, but I was like, Forrest Gump is my favorite movie, so it's like I gotta kind of like not say that, so it doesn't seem like I'm just saying it because he's on set. Yeah. But right. I ended up getting really close to stuff, so that was kind of cool that, you know, I'd have to, I told him later, but, you know, I didn't want to just come on and say, like, oh my gosh, Forrest Gump's my favorite movie, because everybody tells that lie when they meet somebody, like, <laughs> okay, it, just, it just so happens that your movie's my favorite movie, but, no, it really was, but he's real cool, been, you know, teaching me the ropes and everything, what he knows and stuff, right. and trying to keep me through. In wrestling, we call that marking out. <laughs> say that again? I was a professional wrestler, too, for about 14 years, so, it, okay. it, wrestling they call that that's when you mark out if yeah. your fans are called marks because they represent money yes. uh, so yes. and so if it if, if someone's being like an over-the-top mark they're being real fanatic and then <laughs> and, and in wrestling people the guys are really critical of you if you're, and you know you're in entertainment so yeah, it's, exactly. it's all the same you know you don't want to mark out for somebody but when you meet somebody you really dig it's like it's hard enough to go oh, man. <laughs> yeah yeah i love it I don't get starstruck too much. I just, you know, I have a couple idols. That I, and I tell people all the time, my, my biggest one is Jamie Foxx. Like, oh he's, yeah, he's like walking that line that I'm, I'm trying to, you know, he said comedy, he's did drama, he's done music, yeah. everything, done everything. Yeah. and and then he's succeeding everything. too. It's not like he's just dabbing in it and kind of, you know, he's he's succeeding in it. So, um, that's what I, I like about him. I've met a lot of the my, I mean, I've met a lot and played a lot with a lot of my musician heroes, and I've I've embraced Nelson Mandela. I have, you know, I mean, I, I've done some crazy, wonderful things in my career, man. But Charday came out one night at a concert <laughs> and I turned into a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he touched my hand. I went, ah! I can imagine. I can imagine. Turned to singing the sweetest taboo. But oh, here's, here's what's crazy. Here's what's crazy. Aretha Franklin did it as well at another night and I did the same damn thing. Cause you know what? She could have put on tittle 20 more years and 200 more pounds, but I'd have wore that ass out. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. I don't care what you say. (laughs) I'll take big old sloppy Aretha. She was the greatest singer of all time. And all she got to do is sing for me. And I would shit. I would, I bone the ghost of Aretha Franklin right now. (laughs) <laughs> All right, Kelly. That's, that's a true. Compliment. That's a compliment. That's too far. Oh, that's, 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 too that's, that's too soon. Too soon. Too soon. Problem. Who says that? Who says that? You bone the ghost of Aretha Franklin? Damn. Oh, improv. Oh, my therapist. Yeah. <laughs> how was um? How was uh working with Kevin Wilmot, the director of the film? Because he co-wrote the film with Trey Byers, right? Yeah, yeah, Kevin's real though. Kevin, you know, it's, it's, it was dope. Like I said, being my first film and, you know, getting a, a sizable role and working with somebody who just won an Oscar the year before, you know. But his, I'm his saying, great, yeah. Like, it's real chill. Like, he, I, you know, there's a saying that says, like, um, 50% of directing is casting. And I feel like he's one of those people that believes that, you know, he casts you and he trusts the choices you make. And uh, um, I think he was, I don't think anybody was expecting the, um, you know, 
it was written, but I don't think anybody expected an interpretation of it, especially in the courtroom scene that the way I did it, I don't think they were expecting it to be that way. Actually, some a lot of them said it. They were like, well, we didn't even see that in there. We didn't think that was going to turn out that way. We thought it was going to be one way. But he just, he trusted you, whatever choices you made, and he's like really laid back. And, uh, you know, uh-huh. he's got a good energy about him. You know, the, whoever's at the top of the leader controls how the, the, the mood of the set is. And like I said, they were really laid back. Trey Fox, the same thing. Um, the producer, writer, and starring in the film, Trey was really laid back and it's just a relaxed set because I think a lot of people think it's all glitz and glamour, but I've been on some sets that you don't want to be on. Like it's so much drama, it's so much negative energy. Right. But the, that the 24 set, it was chill. It was real. It was real dope. Matt, when you say this is your first feature film, I'm I'm shocked because only because your your acting in that third act in the courtroom scene was fantastic. You I really did a, did a fantastic I mean, I, I, job. I, 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 this for a while and I, i'm i'm a type of person i'm very straightforward um and i don't know if you know but i'm also a screenwriter too and the reason i did that I, i'm straightforward you know i'm gonna shoot straight from the hip that because um i feel like dark skin has a, a, a part to play with it too but i miss so many roles because i'm not feet you know really? um i've been i've been casting stuff uh where i've heard people the producers and different people like maybe somebody wanted me on set and they would be talking about me like he's too short uh, he's not attractive enough or it's in the, the, the industry is just so doggone shallow and i'm not being arrogant but i know that i have the talent to play with the big dogs but it's hard to get in this industry when you're not the six five love interest or you're not a bag of muscles and i work out quite a bit but it's yeah. just really oh, and so i don't get some of the self-proclaimed gym rat from your bio yeah, yeah, I definitely hear what you're talking about because there's no way in the world Chachi would have allowed you to work in the house. <laughs> Come on, man. Yo, Lorenzo, you got. Let's talk about your TV credits because you got. You worked uh, closely with Mahershala Ali and True Detective. I like, I like how uncomfortable. Al is right now. I am. I. <laughs> Al, I don't know if you've looked in the mirror lately, but you ain't white. I get it. I get it. <laughs> well, I hate it when people associate how people talk with races. Al, I don't care how many white women you sleep with. <laughs> you are still not going to be welcome in Thanksgiving. Uh, I get it. I get it. Thank you, Kelly. Uh, <laughs> this guy. Jesus. Lorenzo, I did want to talk about working with Mahershala Ali because this is another actor that I really respect, respect in the industry. I worked with him on House of Cards, uh, Netflix House of Cards. If you could, uh, well, Sabrina and Siren having a party over there. I just, I just muted them. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Lorenzo, what was it like working with Mahershala? Um, it's, it's, I, I'm going to tell you the truth, man. Dude is like how do you say this without sounding? I don't want to sound like a, like, I, like I just popped some shrooms or something, but he <laughs> literally controls the energy of the set. Like, I can't explain it. Like, he really, you know, oh. and I think one of my problems Commanding is presence. and so I'm not making this up. Like, he's one of those actors that even though he may not be the director or the producer, like, he, his calmness, like, controls the entire energy of the set. And it's like, even if somebody wanted to start drama on the set, because a couple of things happen here and there, but it's like, I feel he's, he's on, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Dragon Ball Z, right? You ever see Dragon Ball Z? No? I have, okay. I, 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 I
Uh, I wouldn't say I'm a fan, but I have seen it. <laughs> he, he, but he just—he reminds Thanks me. Thanks for chiming like, in. He's like—he's like a sensei. Like he, he can just like snap his fingers and control the energy of the set. Like he's real, like deep, like that. And he's just—he's a real, real respectable guy, and just um, real humble. He made everybody feel like you know, um, like they're supposed to be there. Like I think everybody should do that. I try to do that even when. It was funny because I was sort of at that level and the extras would come up to me, talking to me a certain type of way, thinking I was this big thing or whatever. Oh, wow. This big greatness in me. Like, I'm not on the A-list level, but he he showed that respect. Like, hey, you're supposed to be here. You know, he respected everything that we were doing and everything. He's a real dope guy. So there's no no facade. He really is the person that, you know, he puts on to be. Awesome. You got a really nice role in NCIS New Orleans. If you could talk a little bit about that experience. <laughs> that was um I, I had one I had a TV role before that, but I think NCIS was the first um I just think the way it was set up, it was, my nerves almost got to me because at this point I'm like yelling at um Scott, who's like another veteran. Scott Bacula, yes. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I always you know, I tell myself anytime I I'm on set, I'm supposed to be there. Especially when I'm acting with people on A-list. When, when, it took me one, one take to realize, like, yeah, I really got to shoot this dude out. And I think I even, not talking about I think I made him pull his energy up, too, because he, the second time, the second take, as I, I spoke to him, he stepped to the desk, like, he hit the desk, and I don't think he meant to do that. But he was, like, in there. He was ready to go down my throat. Like, oh, we were. Snap. Okay. It's real dope. <laughs> wow, that is rad, man. And, of course, your YouTube show, The Pastor Petty, you had a nice little uh, video on reopening Georgia, which I enjoyed. Yeah. Um, yeah. You got to love doing – I mean, that's the perfect pandemic hobby or, or something to do is do your own content, right? Right, right. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it really was just a writing exercise. and It's something that really um, – it's on YouTube, but it really took off on Facebook. That's where most of my followers were. But it was a writing exercise that just took off and people, like, really was feeling my style of comedy, even though I really write, like, dramas. I write dramas and thrillers, but – I was trying to exercise my comedic chops. I'm not really a comedian, but it kind of took off, so I just kept going with it. You know, it's a writing exercise for me. That's yeah. cool. It's good to get all those genres for sure. Mm. Sabrina, you're right. back. I think a lot of comedy. Yeah, we're back. <laughs> um, but I think a lot of people that write their sketches based off of real life experiences always get the best reactions from people. And they're always the funniest because it's yeah. little things that people don't realize they can relate to. Mm-hmm. And like when somebody says something like, oh, you're a mayo and I like to shampoo my hair with the tube. Like you're mm-hmm. like, you know, it's kind of like. It's relatable. It's relatable. Yeah. Yeah. Relatable. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. No doubt. Well, Lorenzo, man, we got to check. I mean, if you haven't seen this movie, 24th, you got to check it out. It is amazing. Um, It's just so it's just so well produced cinematography. I mean, when you're doing a period piece, you got to you got to hit all those right notes. You did it with the score, the costuming, just just the the production design. And, and the acting, man. You guys did a stellar job. So congratulations, Lorenzo, on a great film. Appreciate it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And before we let you go, if you could uh, maybe do a little promo, let us know who you are, throw out a plug for the 24th, maybe throw out True Detective, whatever you want to, uh, you know, what you're, what you're known, uh, best known like for. An instrument. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, at the end, let us know you're listening to Below the Belt Show. Throw out a plug. 
And for Siren, a phone number, right? Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Oh, God. It's too far to drive. All right, Lorenzo, whenever you're ready. Thank you. Uh, hey, guys, this is Lorenzo, year B actor, screenwriter, and producer, and you're watching Below the Belt. Yeah. And don't forget, start a plug for 24th. Oh. <laughs> That's right. Hey guys, this is Lorenzo Yearby, um, actor, writer, and producer. I'm, I'm lucky in the 24th. It's on VOD right now, and uh, you can check it out on, I think it's going Google Play. You can check it on Amazon and all the other VOD platforms and some of the cable providers, and you're watching Below the Bill. Lorenzo, that was dope. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for, deal- Thanks for dealing thank with you. us. We're, we're celebrating. Yeah, thank you. I'm going to watch that Lorenzo. Oh, yeah. God. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Gosh. I just want you to know that Lorenzo is the name I've given my hair before I think. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah. Your hair is called Lorenzo. Yeah. Why, why is your hair called Lorenzo? Lorenzo. Lorenzo because I wanted. I wanted to get the idea that it was like, like I keep feeling like my hair is a Latino drag queen. And basically like, he's really difficult to work with. And for some reason, Lorenzo seemed like what my hair's name would be. And so sometimes I'm like, God damn it, Lorenzo, can you just work with me? And Lorenzo's like, I do what I want. I don't know if these conditions work. Lorenzo is winner and king, so, I mean, it's it's a good name. Uh, There you go. He's having good hair days. He's having good hair days. Hold hold on, woman. Hold on. Uh, 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 Lorenzo, I'm looking forward to the movie. It was great meeting you. Get my information from Al. I'd love to be able to share some music with you. Um, And uh, ladies... I, I don't know whatever it was you took tonight, but I would like just that much of it. I don't think I can take as much as she did tonight, but yeah. but I want that. a little bit. I want a little bit. I got <laughs> Lorenzo. That we size exceptional in your neighborhood. <laughs> Lorenzo, we, we appreciate you calling into Below the thank Belt you. Show, man. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Your true talent, and I love the film, man. All right. All right. Have a good night. Thank you. You too. All right. Peace. Bye. That was Lorenzo Yearby, guys. So, uh, uh, Kelly Bell, um, does Kelly Bell have to leave us as well? No. He said that he had to. Did he just drop? Yeah. I think he already left. Oh, well, yeah, that was Lorenzo Yearby, and it looks like uh, the fat blues man, Kelly Bell, had to drop off without saying goodbye. No, yeah, he was over and, his time, I guess. Yeah, man. But anyways, Kelly Bell, we thank you so much for being on Below the Belt it's great Show. To have you back after all these. It's been probably like probably a couple of years, I think, right? Yeah, I know, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, that was a great interview with Lorenzo. I, a little chaotic with, with Kelly and Sabrina and and, and Siren hitting on him. I comment about my hair. You know how some people are just, some people are sapiosexuals. I'm, att- I'm attracted to people with talent, El Soda, yeah, that's and Chachi. 
You got it so sexy. I mean, it's just, it's just really, it's really the talent for me. The talent. I love it. I love it. Well, it's Sabrina and Tom. Oh, snap. So, um, I thought this was a good time to take a classic cut break, Chachi. All right. So, what do you got for us this week? Well, Chachi in charge once again. Um, sorry we can't, um, play my theme song live for you, Sabrina. I know you love that. I do love your theme song. <laughs> Chachi, Chachi, inside of me. Well, pretend we play it. No, I swear that's what it sounds like, though. Chachi, <laughs> please play that. I don't even know what it actually says. That's what it says. That's what it says. Where are my dogs at? It is time for King Chachi's classic cuts. Holla at your boy. Chachi's. Chachi. All right, so Chachi in charge once again for Chachi's classic cut. Um, this week we're picking um, something because it's October 1st um, when we're recording this and September's over. That's right. Know? So I decided to pick Wake Me Up When September Ends. Oh, wow. By Green Day. Oh, I love that song. What's that? I love that song. Wake me up. Yes. When September ends. So this was released in 2005. Actually released on August 31st. So right before um, September started, which is kind of cool. But here it is by Green Day. Wake me up when September ends. And when we come back, we're finally going to be talking about entertainment stuff. Yes. <laughs> All right. All we'll right. Be back. We'll be back yeah. here after the classic cut. Summer has come and passed. The innocent can never last. Wake me up. When September ends Like my father's come to pass Seven years has gone so fast Wake me up When September ends Here comes the stars drenched in my pain again becoming who we are songs available only on live broadcasts on WMBC and below the belt show.com wake me up when September ends and I'm woke I'm woke man <laughs> I'm ready We've for already- We've already entered the month of October, so September has ended already, guys. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about everything in the world of entertainment. Let's start with movies, Chachi. So, wow. So in, I, as you know, we love the comic book genre here on Below the Belt Show. Um, DC Comics, uh, the DCEU movies are starting production. One of them is Black Adam. That's going to be shooting in Atlanta. Um, that's starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. As you know, we mentioned earlier, he is supporting, for the first time ever, endorsing a presidential candidate in Joe Biden. 
they just ca- cast a supporting character, uh, the character of Hawkman. And I remember Hawkman. He was a member of the famed Super Friends uh, during the uh, that early um, animated. Uh, yeah, the great show. A show, yeah. Great cartoon, yeah. But they're bringing Hawkman to life. Aldous Hodge will be playing Hawkman. Chachi, I don't know if you remember in at the New York Comic Con, we were at one of the panels and Aldous Hodge was there. He also played Michonne's baby daddy uh, oh, yeah. on The Walking Dead. Yeah. So Aldous Hodge, that's a huge role for him, man. So he's going to be playing Hawkman in a new Black Adam movie, which is pretty awesome. I mean... Can we get a photo with him? We did. That's awesome. We sure did. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, well, pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. That's the thing. You mentioned a little while ago about getting celebrity photo ops during the COVID era and how things would change. And yeah. I was just thinking, man, like I was on a set the other day, Matt. Of course, had to be respectful um, due to the new rules of social distancing and always wearing a mask on set. So I, I did not succeed in, in obtaining a, such an op uh, for the, that time around. But uh, when everything comes back, Comic-Cons, I'm wondering what changes will be in place. Um, but we'll just have to wait and see because, uh, you know, we all want everything to come back to normal. Yeah, it's going to be slow. I can tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. It's going to be a slow, slow comeback. Um, who wants a photo with a celebrity when the celebrity's wearing like a face mask? Yeah, and I also thought of the face mask, but the, if they did the plastic, clear plastic, you know, that could be like a, a better option because at least you can see the celebrity's face, you know. Still, Sometimes, like, you know, they they actually opted for some of the principal actors on set to wear these instead of the N95 masks, which are great for protection. Instead, they will wear these face shields, um, clear plastic face shields. And I believe that's mostly so that it doesn't mess up their makeup, you know. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, so interesting uh, changes that, again, when I was on set, you know, they don't do the big buffets anymore. They had all the uh, lunches um, you order on an app. They drop off your lunch to you in a, uh, in a paper bag. So that was a lot different experience. And craft services, there's one guy behind the craft service area, and he hands you what you want. You can't just okay. grab it. You just can't grab anything you want. So there's a lot of changes um, in production in the COVID era world for sure. All right, other movie news, guys. Um, so Disney's Peter Pan and Wendy film, Blackish Star Yara Shahidi will be playing um, Tinkerbell. In this uh, Peter Pan and Wendy uh, film, um, she's yeah again known for the the show Blackish. Um, also uh, already announced for the cast um, includes um, Alexander Maloney uh, will play Peter Pan, um, and um, Jude Law will play Captain Hook. So, um, again, a, um, good to see Disney, uh, is just simply taking all their animated features and turning them to live action. So I don't know if that's good to see. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, they were visiting it. Um, you know, I enjoyed Mulan because of a very different take on the animated classic, but then you have some that are a lot similar, like the Aladdin and, um, 
Beauty and the Beast, which are still very enjoyable to watch. They're just very similar, you know. So we'll see what they do with Peter Pan and Wendy. Um, so this is interesting. They're doing a Lion King sequel. Um, so, um, but Barry Jenkins um, will be the uh, will be directing instead of John Favreau. So John Favreau directed the first Lion King, um, which, as you know, was a realistic animation. Um, curious to see Barry Jenkins take, but also curious what storyline will they be following? Um, I think they did come out with several animated films after they did. Uh, the original like the line straight came. to um video type of movie. Okay, okay. So who knows if they're going to stick to that same? Because yeah, the Lion King um live action one was pretty like identical to the cartoon, so I'm not sure they're going to keep the same for the um. Straight to um, VHS, as it were. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. We'll have to, have to wait and see. I'm curious myself. Uh, let's see. I skipped the Spider-Man news because I was waiting for Sabrina to join because I knew she'd be excited to, to talk about that. But J.J. Um, Abrams is producing an adaptation of the children's classic, Oh, the Places You Go, and uh, Thing 1 and Thing 2 um, by Dr. Seuss. Um, the first Cat in the Hat film, because I believe that's the the first um film that they're they're already it's already set for 2024. Um, that's the first um Doctor Seuss adaptation that um they'll be releasing. And these are live gonna, action. Um, this is actually going to be an um. So they're saying it's a an adaptation of the classic children's book but it doesn't indicate whether it's live action or animation. actually you know what it does say warner animation group so okay yeah so it will be an animated film okay yeah yeah so i heard they're doing like a whole series now of this like um dr seuss universe yes thing. yeah so this is what they're doing the places yeah. you go like all the places you'll go i don't know how you're gonna make a movie off of that because that was like you know it's a pretty short book it wasn't i don't know like it's really it's kind of it's, it's kind of book you give like for um like high school or college graduates you know talking yeah. about you know starting their life or whatever. I don't know how you make a movie off of that like because like the cat in the hat is like a crazy character but I don't know it should be interesting. It should be really interesting. All right, so Warner Brothers, uh, interesting uh film that they're going to adapt. All right, so we got Sabrina and Siren here. We're gonna hear them talk. I kind of they connect. I kind of connect in their like, mid conversation. We have light. Yeah, you look good. Yeah, it looks kind of like the like the Blair Witch Project. <laughs> they have like, the flashlight shining on their, her face. <laughs> so Sabrina, remember that? It was like snot. It was yeah, yeah. Snot and, uh... <laughs> Sabrina, I saved. You. I saved. <laughs> I saved some Spider-Man news for you. So, Ooh, what do you think of the Spider-Man news? So, this is um, so oh, I was interesting. Okay, so first of all, Jamie Fox is in talks to reprise his Spider-Man villain Electro in the next Spider-Man install installment, starring Tom Holland. Mm-hmm. I love Jamie Fox. You know, I mean, his character of Electro was okay, but I thought his character was it was okay, 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 right? Yeah, but yeah, okay. Answer this question. This is two different Spider-Man universe. Mm-hmm. 
The Andrew Garfield. We normally don't do those things. Right. And the Tom Holland Spider-Man. Now, J. Joma Jameson, he was from the first movie franchise, right? Um, Yeah. uh, The Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. And now they're bringing him into the new Spider-Man. So now I'm even more confused about these universes. And which <laughs> That's which why I stick to I stick to Toby Maguire. Like I like I like the first you, two, but the third one was literally offensive. It, it really was, but I mean I don't understand how they can take and make they how can you make a remake that soon? Like I'm all, like Toby is already Spider Man. Okay, I I got oh I know he's getting he's getting I got, old. I got discussions about this. Okay, I think. Tobey Maguire made a good Peter Parker, mm. but not a good Spider-Man. And um, this, uh, like, Andrew Tom Garfield Holmes. made a good... No, Andrew Garfield was afterwards, right? Well, yeah, okay, I, I thought you were talking yeah, about... Yeah, Andrew Garfield made a good Spider-Man, but not a good Peter Parker. And this guy is a good, young Peter Parker. I just want us to get out of high school. Like everything, you want adult college, yeah. yeah, but Peter, Peter Parker, Parker yeah, is Peter so much pa- better. But the whole story about Peter Parker was the fact that he was that kid, that that outcast kid. No, and, that's and, the new story. The old story was he's in college and he was kind of a nerd, and that was only the backstory part of of his life that he was some high school nerd and then he became. Yeah, but it's the whole character though. It's the the character that he was. Scientist, like we didn't get into any of his. But he's more of a nerd than a scientist, though. Like he he's more of a nerd. No, well, he's in the science. You know, he I is mean, a scientist, could, but he's more of a nerd. We could, you know, argue who is the best Spider-Man all night, but the thing is, is that it just confuses me when you bring in characters from other universes oh, within yeah, Spider-Man yeah, yeah. and bring them to the new MCU universe where Tom Holland is. So, I mean, you know, so you're going to bring J. Jonah Jameson from the Tobey Maguire films. You're going to bring I back mean, Jamie Foxx. Because they're only kind of side characters. Like, yeah, I just her main characters are still the same see, people. I just like things that make sense, mm-hmm. and for me, mm-hmm. it's not making sense to me. So I don't know. We'll yeah. see how. There's they a do. lot of they things probably... in the Spider-Man story that has changed, like the the story between the Tobey Maguire thing and what's going on now. The whole it's like it's, it just changes. Yeah, because we have abandoned the best storylines of Spider-Man, which are when he's in his college years into adulthood. Yeah, and like, it's like... It's nobody like we... gives a shit about your lunch schedules and not being <laughs> able to meet up with your friends and being late with your homework paper. Exactly. Like, exactly. Exactly. If well, we went to the college years, we would still be... Every generation yeah. would still be able to enjoy it. And, and you want to see and you so, want to see him marry Mary Jane, get married or whatever, but Yeah, like I finally like like tie right. the story together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like they do in the comic books. If you yep. stick, if you stay true to the comic books, I think that would make the whole difference in the franchise. I completely agree. And the the problem is we keep going to this childhood Spider-Man thing. So nobody gets, first of all, Mary Jane doesn't get to be the successful actress and model that she is. Yeah. Because right. she's still in high school. And, <laughs> and like, Peter Parker isn't inventing, like, 
different web yeah, he just knows he just knows shit things like he's just smart for no reason no tony uh tony stark gives him everything because oh well, that's can't. later that's yeah. later I'm, well no in the new things tony stark gives so him all mean. the tech which You're is right. upsetting he because the- he doesn't come up with any of that shit himself and in the original comics well he's, he's going to have to now well, Sabrina, he's gonna have to now because <laughs> spoiler alert tony stark Iron Man has died in the MCU. So. Oh, come on. No! I'm about to close it. I come know. On, yes, yeah, about true, Avengers I... Endgame, come on. This is a movie that's over a year old now. Come on, guys. <laughs> I'm just saying the only thing that, like, oh, one of the main yeah. things that was really cool about Spider-Man was that he was really, really smart and that he made a lot of his own tech. Like, if, mm. when he went up against Hydra Man, he made a special type of web cartridge to work against him. Like, and then he would have messed up batches sometimes that weren't as sticky as they used well, to be. You know, with Tony Stark out of the picture, maybe now there's this opportunity for that knowledge he acquired from Iron Man to now develop him himself. So, well, let's just see if that happens, you know. But I don't see it going there. But, okay. you know. Well, what do you think of this one? This is an interesting. So, Warner Brothers has acquired the rights to develop a film film adaptation of Black. Okay? So, this is uh, a comic series that's oh. set in a universe in which only black people can develop superpowers. That sounds like uh, Black Panther. It sounds like Wakanda. No. I get- this it is sounds very, like Wakanda. Like, racially yeah, that yeah, that's racially. Yeah, yeah I don't get it. You think? Uh, do you think it? So obviously, if it's if it's a different nationality, if it's white or different nationality, that that would be issues. There'd be racial issues, but because it's only black people have oh, it's can still develop. Racially it's still, it's a, yeah. I mean, I can't get it's, with that. I'm, and yeah. I'm, I'm like I'm for black power and everything like that, but like when you it seems are like a bad to, idea, right? Civil equality is one thing, but when you sit there and try to make one race better than the, the other, other like, it doesn't, never... yeah, it, it just negates the whole, the whole movement. I agree. I it completely negates, agree. Yeah. I and completely like, agree with you. I think this is a controversial decision. Yeah, I have a very multicultural background and it's, it's very like, bothersome and upsetting to me when people are constantly trying to place certain things in certain boxes because well do you want to know their reasoning for creating this so so yes as i said before basically we're black people develop abilities beyond what the world believes to be possible so what they say is part of the inspiration for black came from my this is the um creator um came from my experience of the rep- lack of representation in comics uh, and how diversity, um, how, no, how it directly relates to the scarceness of black characters. Mm-hmm. For most mm-hmm. of comics history, white I, outcasts... Can I, can I understand can I, can that, can but I, doing the extreme of the opposite doesn't negate that. Yeah, and can I say something real quick? It's like it's like an overcompensation. Yeah. When you're so underrepresented then you overcompensate so you have oh i'm a queen i am you know like there is an overcompensation because it's so undervalued 
So you you have to really like you have to exalt yourself. When it comes to black people, you have to you have to exalt you have to exalt yourself because nobody else is because huh? everybody else puts you under, but you're not, you know. So that is the whole that that it, but when it comes to something like what you said, where only black people have the superpowers and and it 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 it, it it's um it's negating yeah cause it it, yeah. it it you know I agree yeah. it's negating the cause because yeah. I think the extreme like first of all I don't like extremes I don't like extremely cold I don't like extremely hot <laughs> I don't like like I'm I don't like extremely crazy even though I am. <laughs> You are I'm crazy enough for the both of us, so I don't need extreme <laughs> crazy, okay? And I don't, I, I don't like extremes. So I think if you do something in the extreme opposite, yes, you are taking a stance, but you're still basically sending the same message. Yeah, and you're perpetuating that same energy to come back to you in the opposite manner. Right. So if you're putting something out there in the extreme that is totally opposite to what is coming back to you, then you're going to get the same exact energy. Right. You're going to so, get that same energy coming back to you. All right. Well, let's move on. <laughs> Don't laugh. So, <laughs> so James Cameron uh, uh, provided an update to the Avatar sequels. Oh, Avatar 2, av- yeah, New Zealand, where there's zero COVID cases. Avatar 2 is 100% complete. Burned Avatar Avatar 3 is 95% complete. They've already shot all of Avatar 2, and they're almost done Avatar, Avatar 3. <clears throat> Fern Gully 2 and 3. Fern Gully. <laughs> it is, it is, it is. Fern so, um, do you remember um, Firestarter with Drew Barrymore? Does anybody yes. remember that? Uh, yeah. I know Chachi, though. He's king of the I 80s. I actually don't think I... I don't know. This is a, this is a Stephen. It's kind of like um, it's a horror movie, right? No, it's, 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 it's Carrie. It's, yeah. it's based on Stephen Carrie. King's classic novel. Okay. Um, they're they're rebooting. I'm well, not rebooting it because it's been several years since the Drew Barrymore version came out. But Zac Efron will star uh, in the new um, adaptation of Firestarter. Um, centers oh. on a young girl who develops the pyrokinetic powers. And the ability to see the future. Um, I guess they didn't really announce the character, but um, that's cool. I'm actually ex- excited for this sequel, uh, the Borat, the Borat sequel, Borat subsequent movie film, delivery of the prodigious bribe to American regime to make profit for once glorious nation of Kazakhstan. <laughs> so this um, Borat sequel. We'll be going straight to Prime, Amazon Prime. Nice. Uh, the trailer was hysterical. Yeah, it was. Um, Chachi, did you get a chance to check out the trailer? I did. It was hilarious. Oh, my God. It was freaking, <laughs> oh, my God. So funny. And it's just, I love how, how when you watch it, you're, you're, you're almost, you almost believe that this, this, a lot of it is ad lib, and I have a feeling it's still a mix of scripted and ad lib. It is. It is. It's still a mix, right? Where Borat stays in character, because that's what made Borat so groundbreaking as a film, 
because it definitely mixed that prank comedy, um, like a like you know like an Impractical Jokers type show, where a yeah. lot of it was real people. Well, obviously after they found out they were in the movie, I'm sure they had to sign away, um, you know. But combined with you know the elements of uh, the comedic genius of Sasha Baron Cohen, I thought it was great. And that's I like probably gonna... his best character. Yeah, I didn't think I didn't think we we're going to see a uh, sequel for Borat. But did you, Sabrina? Were you a fan of that movie? Are you? You knew we were going to see a, a Borat sequel. Um, yeah, it was a pretty good movie. Um, Hollywood's running out of ideas, and <laughs> we haven't seen this dude in very many other things mm-hmm. since. So, of course, they were going to do a Borat sequel. So, in my Sasha Baron Cohen, he's been a ton of stuff. Yeah, but not like Borat. What? Not Borat. No, I mean, Borat. He, he's got a big movie uh, coming out on Netflix, A Trial Chicago 7. You know, but anyways, yes, as Borat, we haven't seen it since the first Borat. Yeah, and I mean um, that's a movie everybody talks. It's just like you don't his... mess with the Zohan. Yeah. They're gonna come out with the sequel for that too. Okay. Mark my words right now. now. Yeah. Now, Sabrina. Yeah. Sabrina, were you a fan of The Craft? Uh, the movie The Craft. Who was? Who wasn't, who wasn't uh, that okay. grew up? That was a chick that grew up in the nineties. I know. Okay. Well, do you know? About the Craft <laughs> Legacy movie. Speaking of reboots, the what? The Craft Legacy, the uh, the Craft reboot. So, it stars Kaylee Spaney as Hannah, a teenage girl who had just moved in with her stepfather and siblings, who must adjust to a brand new high school. Um, and then she finds out there's a tree of mysterious girls in her class, uh, reveals to be aspiring witches, and welcomes her to the coven. So they um, use their powers to navigate the ups and downs of adolescence. So sounds very familiar, huh? Yeah. No. Look, as a series, I think that it's cool. I think that it's really cool. No, this is a movie. I think that it has nothing to do with the original plot. So why did they even bother to call it the craft? Oh, wait. they They decided to do that. So that they could latch onto the following that the original exactly. yeah, had, but how does yeah. but not, not connected at how all. How is whole, it not? Because the whole idea of the first movie of the craft was that it was very nineties. It was very like yeah, but the, it, was, it very was the same storyline. It yeah. was the girl. She came in and she was new to the school and everything and there was this group of girls it's the same exact storyline so it, if you it have it in the same series, to me. yeah it looked the same to me yeah if you have it in a series that that actually gives the 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 the, the whole layout of it as opposed to that what I think uh, hour and a half of movie about it though the no, I think I can get what into made it. it was that is what made it so like iconic of its time like it was grungy it was gothic it was very 90 yeah but like, how is that gonna like like the kids today if we had to reinvent if we had to reinvent what we loved mm-hmm. and i say this because i have daughters and mm-hmm. my daughters look to me like oh mommy you're a star i'm like no literally i just so make on. a new story you to know reflect what I mean? the new generation yeah you have to read it have to read and that's it like, yeah but it's like, like it's just like peter parker it's just like toby Maguire and yeah. whoever that new guy is 
I can't accept that new guy. The new guy. Uh, Toby Maguire is I my Spider Man. I don't think he's cute. Tom Holland. Spider Man. I, I will say, like, I feel like he's he actually does a good job as being Spider Man, partially Peter Parker. Like, he gets the nerdiness of Peter Parker. But the thing well, is, I don't want. Peter I don't want to go back. He ends up okay. Everybody well, talks about I don't, I don't, Peter Parker is a nerd, but. At the end of the day, he gets Felicia Hardy, he gets Gwen Stacy, he gets Betty the assistant at Daily Planet, he gets Mary Jane. He can't be that bad looking. I know. Well, Savvy, we're going back to Spider-Man. I wanted to uh, pivot to another project. But, um, so anyways, um, another film, um, which is making, um, which made waves at Sundance. I was at Sundance this past February. Um, it won uh, several awards, um, which starts Stephen Yoon. No, it's called um, Minari. It stars Steven Yoon from The Walking Dead. Uh, huh. He plays a father of a group of Korean immigrant, Korean American immigrants who start a new life in rural Arkansas, and they discover challenges and growth. It was a great film, and That's I gotta that? give That's awesome, amazing new story. I love new story. him. Original story, a Korean immigrant family in a rural town in America. So it's it's different. Um, yeah. Uh, now I have to give props to a director film. Chachi, you've watched everything. Well, everything's wonderful, right? I did. Yes. Skip Schwink has a role in this film. He has found a resurgence in acting. And I get, I get to give Skip credit. Name? Skip Who? Schwink. Skip Schwink. I worked on an independent film way back when, and Skip Schwink has a role in this movie. Minari plays a doctor. Is so, it Schwink? <laughs> it's Skip, yeah. That is actually Skip. It's true. No, his actual name is Skip? Yes, his name is Skip, yes. And his last name is... Schwink. Schwink. Kip, Skip, oh, oh, okay. Schwink. Yep. So congrats to him for landing a, a really nice, pivotal, you know, important congrats role. Congrats to him for a lot of things with yeah. that name. Yeah. <laughs> Min- Minari, it's a great film if you haven't seen it. It's out now. Trailer's out now. Um, let's see. So M. Night Shyamalan, um, apparently is working on his next thriller called Old. Um, He's ready for another M. Night Shyamalan film. Yes. I mean, if you're a fan of Glass, if you're a fan of Split, um, which he had some kind of... He, he gets he had a little bit of a resurgence from those two films, of there, course. There was a lot of you know? black behind M Night Shyamalan. Like, what is it that 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 people don't like about him? Dude, Lady in the Water. I could barely get through the first like half hour of that, and then the next yeah. half hour, straight up torture. Yeah, that no, movie wasn't either, very. Good. What is it about him? Or bad. Hold on, hold on. Great or bad? Yeah, I don't know. It, it seems like there's no in between. Yeah, yeah, you're, that's a pretty fair assessment. Yeah. Um, but as far as the plot, no plot details have been announced. But it is inspired by the French graphic novel Sandcastle by oh, Pierre Oscar Levy. They're um, finally making that, that into a film. Which follows a group of people unable to leave a mysterious beach that hides a dark secret involving time. Mm. So this that's is... Uh, I don't follow French novels like well, everyone else does. In, I don't follow French novels. <laughs> in the vein of Twilight Zone or Lost. So. Oh, I love Twilight Zone. There you go. 
Black Mirror <laughs> is like the the, the new Twilight is, Zone yes, with technology. Black Mirror is everything. Well, it's, you know that you have scary because everything in Black Mirror seems to be coming true. Well, you yeah. know they have the Twilight Zone um, new series, right? Through Jordan. Right. CBS All Access. I think that's why nobody's seen it. Because <laughs> it's oh, on. <laughs> oh, okay. Why, do you watch the okay. old series, Sabrina? Hmm? Do you watch the old Twilight Zone, Black and White? Yeah, series? I like the old, yeah. like, I like really? Friends. Yeah, yeah, like the ones that are oh. black and white. Oh, My grandmother has all of the VHSs. My grandmother, My grandmother had all the VHSs of single, Shirley Temple. Yeah, every single yeah. Twilight Zone that was ever created... If you guys have a BCR, I have all of them. I got them on digital. Your childhood for 20 sounds bucks. a lot more interesting than mine. Oh. Mine was Shirley Temple and Tea Time. Mine was Movies and Entertainment Tonight and <laughs> Your Top Lollipop. <laughs> <laughs> so Zendaya is an Emmy winner now for her role in, in um, uh, Euphoria. Euphoria? Yeah, she deserves that. She, she, I, she was that. the dark. She was the dark horse in the competition. I was rooting for her because I loved her role. She got a new That's movie. Racist. She was so good though. Well, she, dark horse. Yeah, is like, her performance was, was so amazing <laughs> in Euphoria that like. Shotzi says it's racist to call her the dark horse. You know, she's like the the, you know, the the unexpected <laughs> winner. You know, That's what I meant. Gosh. She was fantastic. So she, she's already she already proved she's a great actress. She's yeah, doing, she definitely. Uh, that in that series. There, she's older. doing. She's Can't doing me. a. Um, she, her next project <laughs> is a biopic of the musical group the Ronettes, and she's going to play Ronnie Spector. Oh, oh wow! Yeah, are you familiar with Ronnie Spector? Yeah. Can't wait for that. I, I will watch. If you know that song, um, "Take Me Home Tonight." That's Ronnie Spector singing. Yes. That one. Be my little, be my little baby. Yeah, she's still alive. Be my little baby. She's still tours. And Ronnie and Ronnie Spector's still touring. That's great to hear. Yep. Um, Idris Elba, his next film is a survivor thriller called Beast for Universal Pictures. The storyline for this film is under wraps. Um. So I'm sure you, if you're an Idris Elba fan, you'll be excited about that next project. Um, <laughs> let's let's move on to um, um, an event, Chachi, that's near and dear to our hearts that we would be at we would be at next weekend, and that's the New York Comic Con. Um, they just announced their schedule. As you know, it's going virtual because we're always there in person. But if you yeah. want to check out the New York Comic Con, here's the lineup for. The panels next week. Thursday, October 8th, you'll see the Star Trek Universe panel. You'll see a panel for Utopia. And a panel for The Boys on Amazon Prime. I know that's one of your favorite shows. That is. Although I feel like the second season has taken a very weird, extra gory edge. I mean, I'm (laughs) still going to watch every single episode. No spoilers, please, because I still have to watch. But you know they, they're actually gonna—they're actually planning a um, a spinoff of the boys, aren't they? So the, I guess they're gonna talk about that spinoff during that panel, because um, um, they're already uh, ready going to production for season three, if not pre-production already. 
We'll also see a panel for the stand and Snow Snowpiercer. Um, the also stand, happen. like Stephen King. King, yeah, Stephen King. The stand. I'm the not stand. surprised because all the crazy shit that's occurring right now kind of sounds like revelation. And he needs to redo all of those shits to be like. Yep. Stars. No, but really, it does. The murder hornets, the killer bees, the raining fire, all of the. She like, was talking to me about the plague. that. It's all revelation. Which is COVID-19. You just sound like 2020 when you talk about this. Yeah, it's all 2020. Yeah. Literally all of 2020, the world's probably going to so, end. Good luck to so, all of you. I am a survivor. However, I have a really weakened immune system, so I'm probably going to become uh, a zombie. But if I don't, I'll probably still be alive. We just need to make sure that we have a meetup spot. But I probably won't. Yeah. The stand spot. also star, uh, stars uh, Whoopi Goldberg, James Marsden. Greg Kinnear, Amber Heard, Odessa Young, Owen Teague. Um, wow, really, uh, really big cast. Really, a lot yeah. of big names in that. So, on Friday, we're gonna see an American Gods live Q and A. Um, American Gods, of course, is uh, based on the graphic novel by Neil, Neil Gaiman. We'll also see Blumhouse's Freaky, uh, which is a um, a film starring Vince Vaughn and Catherine Newton. We'll see uh, Marvel's MODOK, uh, everyone's favorite big-headed egomaniac supervillain coming to Hulu. And I wish the general was here because he certainly would know about MODOK because I don't yeah, remember Yeah, I have this no story. idea who that is. And I do <laughs> wish the general was here so he could explain it to me. Right, because he was able to talk about Hellstrom. And he said it's very similar to Lucifer. And mm -hmm. Hellstrom will also get a panel. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. general will be like, oh, yeah, that's... Issue 14 in 1987 oh, comic. Oh, you what my Halloween costume was two years ago when oh, sure. I was. Um, he would know. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> he would know anything, yeah. All the Walking Dead panels are going to be on Saturday, Chachi. Oh, no. And then I was two-faced oh, for my birthday. Halloween is my also my, my birthday. Like, I make my birthdays Halloween, so Even I get... Even your birthday's in February. My mommy's yeah. birthday is actually October. <laughs> <laughs> I like so to make my birthday's costume parties, so I get confused which ones were my birthdays and which ones were Halloween. Yes, yes. So, Chachi, every Saturday at New York <laughs> Comic Con, we were actually at... Uh, Madison Square Garden for the Walking Dead panels. I know this is really sad this year because they always would have the you know awesome panel and they would usually show the first episode of the season of the new yep. season, and we we didn't get to watch it before anybody else. But you know, yep. this, this how year do you guys sucks. even do a Walking Dead panel without me? Like, <laughs> I mean, like, like, how do you work, even do work that? on a show like, for twenty you years? Don't even call me anymore, <laughs> L, and I feel like personally, right, hold on. That's a you're, you're still love, trust. We talk about yeah, that but apocalypse all the love. time. I'm I literally know. just telling her what I would want. It should I become a zombie? And I'm always on the Walking Dead council on your show. You are yeah, well, right. this, this, yeah. this is this is a panel that I would love to be about, love to be a part of, <laughs> at least watch, because all of us can watch this panel. Now that's virtual, right? Which is a big deal. Mm -hmm. But. We're going to see The Walking Dead, Fear the Walking Dead, and The Walking Dead World Beyond panels. Uh, they're all going to happen on October 10th. 
also what we do in the shadows, which was a big hit at the Emmys. Yeah. Uh, was all about vampires, slayers, uh, it's ghosts, necromancers. <laughs> Have you, you seen, seen it? I haven't seen it yet. Vampires. Okay, I'm. It's hilarious. It's eight, a parody about vampires. vampires, right? Eight well, Emmy eight. nominations for this show. It's crazy. I'm. Yeah. Wow. Uh, uh, if you haven't nominated? seen it, that's like, if you if you watch it, you'll understand why there are so many Emmy nominations. Like, it's hilarious. It is a hilarious take on vampires. Gotta check it out. Who, who's the Emmy nominees for this? No, they won the Emmy nominations. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. The, Emmy, the Emmys were last. If you're going to kill somebody, please put the towel down. Put the towel down. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, on, <laughs> on Sunday, we have a few more good panels. DC's Stargirl and the CW. Uh, Pennyworth, The Good Doctor, and Nancy Drew. Chachi, remember we were at the Nancy Drew panel? Pennyworth? Yeah, Penny. Well, Pennyworth is the early days of Alfred Pennyworth. The okay, I was thinking yeah. Pennywise, like from it. I knew, Sorry. I knew it. Yeah, I, I knew, was like, I knew that's what you were thinking about. I knew it. Pen- I knew it. Pennyworth, Pen- Alfred, Alfred, Alfred Pennyworth. Alfred Pennyworth. Yes, <laughs> yes. I haven't seen that show either, but there's a lot of TV I have not seen yet, but I want to see. Um, so over on Netflix, uh, they actually uh, released um, some images of Chadwick Boseman's final film, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which was will come out on December 18th, and man, is it sad that this is the last film for the late, great Chadwick Boseman that comes out. Um, definitely sad that he passed away due yeah, oh, to Oh, that he cancer. passed away, yes. That's yeah, certainly very sad. I thought but you said something completely different. I had to ask Siren, like, I was like, Chadwick Boseman? I don't think she. I think that we broke up for a second. She knew. I, she knew. I, I knew who. I she well, once she actually said that, I knew who it was. Okay. Well, we're gonna yeah, see. I did hear the past. That is really sad. But yes, we're gonna so see. So this well. next movie, it just so happens. Yeah. What are they gonna do for the next movie? It just so happens that one of my friends. So you, Al, Sabrina. Chachi one day know that I love karaoke and karaoke is like everything. So um, I met this guy at karaoke at Sopranos and he was actually in that movie. Oh. He was Wait, in that last. When you say that movie, what movie are you referring the to? The last movie with Chad with Bozeman. He's been in several. Panther? No, the one you were just talking about. Well, the Ma Rainey's Black Bottom is, is is his final film. Is that the film you're referring to? It is on Netflix. It's coming out on December eighteenth. Yeah. And Netflix? Yes, December eighteenth. That's the one. Okay. But then he has he does have another film on Netflix called The Five Bloods with Spike Lee. That's also right. on Netflix now. Yeah. This one is a period piece. Yeah, this so is a one- period piece, yeah. So it's uh set in nineteen twenty seven Chicago. Wow. Uh, the movie grapples issues of race, music, relationships, and the exploitation of black recording artists. And Bozeman plays Ma, Ma's boyfriend, Levy, a young and ambitious trumpeter who aspired to make his own mark in the music industry. So what's great about um, Chadwick Bozeman, he did something really amazing. So he produced the 21 Bridges film. Sienna Miller was hesitant to do the role because she wanted to be around while her daughter was in school. Mm. And she actually 
wanted a, a certain salary to play that role on 21 Bridges. And the, the producers that weren't Chadwick said, no, we can't meet your demand. So Chadwick donated part of his salary mm. to Sienna Miller just so she could do the film. Wow. To, to, like, to match. Me cry, this is just he, what a kind of, he's like this is the kind of person that act. he did class so, act man class he act. is a class act it's really unfortunate that he met his demise so soon not even just that like he actually got paid so little like in comparison to the other marvel superheroes like mm. he got paid a lot less than yeah. all of the other ones. And it's really unfortunate and it kind of speaks to the systematic oppression yeah. that we face like in this country. Yeah. Like I think it was also like he'll be remembered for a long time also because he's like deemed as like one of the first black, black superheroes. superheroes. I mean, I know Blade came out. But nobody ever really thought of Blade as a superhero. It's kind of like Christopher of the... Reeve. When you found out Christopher Reeve, like, like he got in an accident and he, you know. Paralyzed he, himself. Yeah, he yeah. was paralyzed yeah. and everything. He was always Superman. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, but I don't think. Chad, Chad with Bozeman, he did not sit there. He didn't have that, uh, that, that illness in front of the camera. You know, he suffered in silence, and we saw him deteriorate over time. Right. You know what I mean? His and latest Instagram video actually showed that he had been sick, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, but, in hindsight, you can see, in hindsight, you can see, you know, the contribution and everything like that, you know, but, I mean, like, when it comes to him, and it's a lot of people that's just so unrecognized. Everybody, like a lot of people, are so unrecognized until they die. Yep. Yeah, it's certainly sad. Now they have a Disneyland unveiled a Chadwick Boseman mural in downtown Disney shopping district. So, mm-hmm. um, art, yeah, artwork from Nicholas Smith shows Chadwick giving the Wakanda salute to a young fan wearing a Black Panther mask. So it's a real. Really nice mural that you can see. You can see it online. Photos are online if you want to check it out. Again, rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. Um, other movie news, guys. Uh, Thor, Chris Hemsworth, uh, joins Miles Teller and Journey Smollett for a, a Netflix film. It's an adaptation of a dystopian short story called Escape from Spider-Head. Not Spider-Man, but Spider-Head. Uh, set... Set in the near future, that uh, follows the story of two young convicts in a facility run by a visionary who experiments on inmates with drugs that alter their emotions. Woo. I love dystopian films, so I'm probably going to check this out. Mm-hmm. And dystopian <laughs> and drugs. So, yeah. yeah it's a winner, right? <laughs> Using drugs. I like, I like movies that make you... Yeah, makes you wonder about the future. Like, wonder yeah. what is gonna yeah. happen. What's gonna happen after things? Especially don't... movies that like kind of reflect what's going on now. Yeah. Like, um, I don't. Gattaca is one of my favorite movies. Wow. Oh, Gattaca. Yeah, I remember Gattaca. Yeah. yeah. This movie looks pretty good. I love. You know, I really enjoyed New Mutants when um, you know we talked about New Mutants on the show, but 
Anya Taylor-Joy plays Magic. She's got a new um, limited series on Netflix uh, called The Queen's Gambit, which has nothing to do, unfortunately, with Gambit, the superhero for Marvel. <laughs> but it's all about a coming-of-age story connection. of... Um, <laughs> uh, it's a coming-of-age coming um, story um, of an orphan that became addicted to tranquilizers. Um and but she rose through the ranks of the chess world, so she becomes like a professional um, chess player. But then her mental state begins to deteriorate. Um, Sorry. So it takes place in the 1950s. There's a trailer already out if you want to check it out. Also on Netflix, we're going to see a Conan the Barbarian live action series. That could be kind of cool. Uh, based on the iconic character um, from way back in the 1930s, so another comic book adaptation. So uh, never was really a big Conan fan, but um, I need to die. Okay, so my mom, but, we had certain movies that we watched when I was younger that were like a staple. Conan was one of them. It was Conan. It was Jason and the Argonauts. Mine is called the Conqueror, and <laughs> that's a good one. Batman Returns. Batman Returns. Okay. Also, Batman: Mask of the Phantom. Like, I I just saw that movie randomly like a year or two ago, and I was like, "Hey, mom, we should watch." And she was like, "I can never watch that movie again. It's I already know what happened, Sabrina. Don't make me it's watch it." Character. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> "I haven't even made you watch it in like at least ten years." But she was very she was very adamant about right. not watching it. My parents have a lot to do with so, how. Sabrina, you said something about liking dystopians. Um, a type of projects, up. right? There's another dystopian project called Uglies. Uglies. <laughs> so it stars Joey King from... Uh... We'll probably so this is weird. It's a world where people get a operation at age 16 that wipes out all physical differences, conforming everyone to one standard of beauty. That sounds awful. That sounds Oh. That's horrible. Uh, yeah, oh. I will kill myself. Because yes, everyone would be equal, but no one would have anything that makes them special. No like, identity. The yeah. thing that makes everyone special is like not everybody wants to be a doctor. Not everybody wants to be a freaking <laughs> attorney. Not well, everybody wants to be a singer. Not everybody wants. Like well, and if everyone wants the same it, thing, well, it's mostly it's mostly physical beauty, physical differences. So everybody, everyone will have one thing. one stand. There'll be one standard of beauty. So I don't That's, know. I mean, it's it's boring little, as it you. sounds boring. <laughs> I mean, I can I I I can kind of understand it because if you have one set standard of beauty like nobody's pretty just this one person because nobody looks like anybody else that's yeah. true every once in a while you want some strange and you're not gonna get that that is a good analogy sabrina i like that that's funny yeah, it's strange it's a strange yeah i want some strange oh okay. shit oh shit like you're trying to get lorenzo's phone number earlier you know what? I, I oh, do not need to hold that over my head. Behave, behave, girl. 
holding it over my head. Right. So, so uh, Zack Snyder's uh, Army of the Dead. He's uh, he's doing an anim- anime series on mm-hmm. Netflix. So he's doing another movie, but he's also doing an animated series as well. It's called Army of the Dead: Lost Vegas. Um, and uh, zombies sounds as good as the first movie. Yeah. So um, the voice cast has been announced. Joe, Joe, I'm sorry, Joe Manganiello, Christian Slater, Vanessa Hutchins will uh, will be providing the uh, voice talent. Slater, where the the hell has he been for the last like 20 years? Oh, oh, come on, Christian Slater was one of the leads in Mr. Robot. Really, I love Christian Slater, so I'm not I'm not hating. Okay. At all. And it pumps the volume. Pump up the volume. Pump up the volume. That's a great movie. Oh man, what else do we have? Real quick, almost done. So, uh, F is for Family. If you're a fan of that show on Netflix, uh, Netflix picked up the fifth and final season for that. Um, what? Over on Disney Plus, Sam Jackson is set to reprise his roles as Nick Fury. In a new Marvel series, uh, currently in development at at Disney Plus, so this will be really exciting. Um, oh, that he's going to have his own his own Marvel series on Disney Plus. Um, well, it can't be on Netflix because all the Marvel stuff will be on yeah, Disney yeah. Plus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, Miss Marvel, which is the first Muslim superhero in Marvel, um, will have a series. We'll have a series on Disney Plus. Um, they just cast the lead. Iman Vellani will be playing Miss Marvel. Um, she is a Pakistani American. Ka- Ka- Kamala Khan is the car- is the alter ego. Um, so she's got powers similar to like Mister Fantastic. She can stretch. Yeah, she's like uh, alter yeah, her size. She's like um. Oh no! Not just like Mr. Fantastic. You're talking about Miss um, Marvel. Miss Marvel's Ms. Marvel. kind of like, uh, like, how do I describe? Well, she's got the ability like, to alter her shape and size. That's her main power. Yes, but she was also she's like iconic in a certain way, kind of like Captain Marvel and like, like Superman and 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 the girl version, Supergirl. I'm thinking more Captain Britain, I guess, like, kind of like Captain Britain, but Um, nobody knows who the fuck that is, and most people don't know who the fuck uh, Marvel Woman or whatever is. Next question, Elsa. Anyway, next question. Well, just a couple more TV things, and we'll wrap up tonight's show, guys. HBO Max is getting a... um, a Steven Soderbergh heist thriller called No Sudden Move. So this, I guess, will be a feature. We all love David Harbour from Stranger Things. Kieran and Culkin from Succession. Brett and Fazer, Mr. Encino Man himself. And we love Brett Fazer. Yeah, yeah he, all, all have joined the cast, um, which uh, it sounds like a great film. It's a heist thriller, so if it's a heist movie, it's something you've probably seen before. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> It's set in 1955 Detroit and centers on a group of small-time criminals who are hired to steal what they think is a simple document. 
and their plan goes horribly wrong. So your typical heist movie, period piece, is what's happening. Um, now, this is something I completely disagree with. HBO Max is going to release a new take on Pretty Little Liars. But Pretty Little Liars like literally just ended a few years ago. That's Why would feel about Spider-Man. Yeah. Well, those are movies, and and and, no, and you want to tie the MCU together, but I don't think they should do. I don't know. I mean, why would you do a reboot of something that you just did? Uh, it did. It does not it make my sense. frustration. It does not yeah. make sense. Why would you, you know do why? a reboot because of something that you just did? It's a franchise that has already previously worked, and they don't have any new ideas. And instead of actually giving these writers who have interesting ideas they're like you know what let's go with something we already know works okay and that's so why if you go with up if you go with something that already works why wouldn't you remake something that was done in the 80s like like little shop of cars or yeah. or something like that where you can actually like have you can have uh, dude they've been doing that they did that with ghostbusters but they, they did that with Damn they didn't. They didn't. <laughs> Our so, lighting isn't right. Hold on. <laughs> so, uh, Showtime news: Billions has been renewed for a sixth season at Showtime, and Corey Stoll, formerly of House of Cards, has joined the cast in season five as Mike Prince. He's been up to a series regular uh, for that show, so that's pretty cool if you're a fan of Billions. Um, there's also um, um, some really interesting things going on on Fox with Family Guy. As you know, Mike Henry stepped down for the voice of Cleveland because anyone that was not black, that was voicing black characters, wanted to step down because of this whole you know, movement. Mike Henry yeah, did yeah. a fantastic it job. It wasn't um, his decision. It wasn't his decision, of course. He was told I mean, to step down. and Even they though said, they said that he wanted to step yourself. down. Right? Yeah. He's but they just—they just announced the replacement for Mike Henry on, on as Cleveland on Family Guy, and it's Arif Zahir. So he's actually—he's um, actually. I have an issue with this. He actually has done, an, uh, his his a voice of Cleveland before, and I think he's I know. He's an impersonator. Where, he's an impersonator, and he does a great job of Cleveland. Yeah, I have an issue with. So you haven't. So what's I your really issue with the? I don't like the whole like, oh, okay, you can't, you can no longer play black people's voices because you're not black. Right. Like, yeah, like I have, I have a take. very big take. issue with that, and also because like, in the now, end, now like, please tell the listeners that you are half black, so you. I'm half black, half Indian. Right. Many different cultural backgrounds. My stepdad was Chinese. So you saying this kind of almost is basically saying it's okay for an actor. So this is a voiceover work. This is for animation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, I love love the voice of Cleveland by Mike Judge. That's one of the funniest voices in in, in, uh, in animation. That's and he's whole, stepping I down. The of animated funny. work is that people get to express their different, like, their different personalities through these yep. different right. animated right. outlets. Like, these are different characters that they're vocalizing. And I don't think that it should be attached to race in any kind of way. I think it should be about who does the character, 
Like, who makes the the character's voice sound the best? Like, I think it has nothing, it should never, the fact that we're making it about race is... It's so stupid because you uh, have black people that talk white. Like, yeah. they, like people. Exactly. People, Am I not allowed to yeah, play? Like if I did a voiceover for Mary Jane for a Spider-Man comic book, is everybody going to have a problem with right, that? Exactly. That's, right, that's, right. The, that's yeah, the opposite, though. Yeah, her because like, yeah. she's black, and she sounds, so, and she like, sound she right. sounds white. Right. You know what I mean? No, and, it, it, that means it, basically the same thing. You, Sabrina, couldn't voice a white animated character. That's yeah, the same. Why? Why? She sounds white. Right. No, that's a very, that's a very. Well, also, why do I sound white? Because I can articulate what I'm saying. <laughs> no. Accent, like everybody it. can, everybody can get the accent. Everybody can get right. the accent. Well, what that's is a the, very good point. It's, now, it's what about a, a voice it's acting? It's a background idea of intelligence. Offensive or nothing. He's a beloved character. Yeah, he was not offensive. He's not a character making no, fun no, of black he people. Was a, now, uh, Hank Azaria, the Apu character on Simpsons, now that was uh, people considered offensive because of the stereotype. Apu? Apu, yes. I mean, okay, so here's so the thing. His, they address Apu okay. being a foreigner all the time, and it's almost like they're so blatant about it, it's obvious it's a joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, you know, this is the woke era. Now, he actually voiced a character named Carl Carlson. The, he's a, a co-worker of, of um, Homer Simpson. And apparently now he's going to be... Hank voiced this character. Now Alex Desert is going to take over the role. Why? Of Carl, because Hank is not black, and Carl Carlson is a black. That's so stupid. Yeah. I do not agree with that, and I'm I, black, I don't black. Agree with that yeah, I'm bl- I, like I. I think that 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 is not cool. Yeah, I so don't you, think that so that, that, that's, that's what I was trying to say. So, so sensitive nowadays. It's I way- know. So I is, know. Is is the voice of Joe um, on Family Guy? Is he is he a paraplegic? The guy that voices his... He's not. Wow. Exactly, Chach. Yeah. Like, it's just... I I don't agree. Yeah, I don't agree with that. And I also think that it makes things more racially divided, especially just coming from somebody who grew up with a very multicultural background and having people attack me for the way that I talk growing up. Like... Because she has long skin. Yeah. So I, I think it just makes things way more racially divided and I I just I, I don't agree with that. Because if you want to actually divide race, me and me and her, we're not the same race. Like her mother is is Indian. Her father is African. My dad wasn't like we are American blacks. She's right. not. You know what I'm saying? So me and her are different races, but we look a lot alike. So <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? It's, I mean it's just it just like People are being hypersensitive about about things because of the 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 um what is it the the civil rights movement the civil rights thing that's going yeah. on right now people are hypersensitive and they want to you know jump and attack race and things like that but it's yeah, really but I, not I feel like we 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 covered this topic earlier so uh, yeah. um just a couple. Mean. A couple more minutes, and we're going to close up tonight's uh, anniversary celebration. We finally saw what the new Batman. I'm psyched about this because this girl 
It's from the DMV. Her name's uh, Javicia Leslie. She's going to be the new Batwoman. As you know, Ruby Rose stepped down from her role. She I stepped know. down. I'm not going to watch it then. She quit. She quit. She couldn't handle the schedule. She got injured on set for whatever reason. So she's going to be um, replaced by Javicia, who is uh, known for her role on God Friended Me. And she looks great in the Batwoman costume. You have to check it out. Um, definitely worth checking out. Um, on NBC, they're doing a Young Rock. It's um, it's a uh, story on the, the, the life of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And they found oh. three... Three actors to play a 10-year-old Dwayne, Dwayne Johnson, who was known as Dewey, a high school Dwayne Johnson, and a college Dwayne Johnson. Sounds um, great. So they're going to, I guess, go back and forth through different parts of The Rock's life. Um, um, so I think that's cool. Of course, The Rock will be producing it, um, probably appear in it, I'm sure. But if it's a story of The Rock, I doubt he'll be playing The Rock. You have to be like an Easter egg. Playing something else, but that's all. That's going to be on NBC. And speaking hey, of, I will make hey, sure Soto. to not watch that. How do you, I don't care. How do you feel thing. about people doing biographies that aren't dead yet, or they aren't? Um, you know what I mean? They, they, their, their uh, number hasn't been lifted into the rafters yet. Well, how like, do you like, feel about somebody doing a, especially directing their own biography? Are you talking about Madonna? I'm talking about The Rock. Well, the, the, and everybody the, else too. Well, how okay, do you so feel about you it in general? So you don't feel that it's necessary because you feel he's not. He has, even though he's a, you know, he's the number one actor star in the U.S. He's a legend. He's he's already a legend. Yeah, I mean, even though he's still fairly young, is he a, an icon where you can make a story about his young life yet? I mean, I get what you're saying. But this is like a sitcom, right? To be fair, I don't know much about the adversaries and his struggle growing up. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if it was very typical or whatever. Just to me, it honestly Mm -hmm. doesn't sound like This is is a comedy, right? So it didn't indicate in in, in my article (laughs) here whether this is a comedy or a a biopic series. (laughs) But it... It didn't allude on here. Maybe we can dig that up, but it, no, it will be on NBC. About it, honestly. It will be on NBC. Um, I know. I know you're also going to be watching on NBC's Peacock, the Saved by the Bell, um, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> sequel series, which, Chachi, as you know, uh, another trailer just dropped uh, on that. That drops on uh, Wednesday, November 25th. Wow. Chachi, will you be watching? I don't know. I might. Check it out and see how it is. I can't imagine it being any good, honestly. Like, I can't either. Mm-mm. I heard about they, this earlier today, and I can't imagine it being very good. So I don't know if I'm going to check it out. Same thing like, with Fuller like, House. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's it's the same thing with Girl Meets World. Girl Meets like, World. Say by the like, Bell was like early '90s, like type of humor, which it's hard to even watch the old episodes nowadays because. They're like yeah. so super cheesy, but you'd watch it because of nostalgia. Nostalgia. Uh, and like Sabrina, she like, okay, so she is. I've been getting her into Buffy. Like, and, <laughs> and I like before I have tried, I tried like she when I go over her house, she's like, oh, my God, we're going to watch Buffy and you can't say anything. 
And I pause it when it, you want to do 90s, that. 90s humor, and when it comes to uh, acting and things like that, I can equate that to, like, Buffy, 90210. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like all of them fit in that box with any of those. It's the same kind of writing. It's the same kind of humor. No, the writing behind Buffy, the whole idea behind Buffy was that Joss Whedon was like, everyone always thinks the blonde girl and the black girl get killed first. But what if she she actually? The storyline is fine. It's the acting. It's the it's the it's the um. You know, I don't know if this is going to work. What do you think? You know what I mean? It's Maybe like the side characters, but the, the act- main actors and the supporting actors have won numerous awards That's for their performance. fine, but it's for the 90s. It's for yeah. the 90s. So, well, you some need to some things are better left. And how I, iconic it was. No, I will. Not only, I, I am. not only that, it also had the first gay relationship. Oh, man, hold on. Al, Al, is, Al is holding his ear, so it means he wants to speak. No, well, I'm just saying, yeah, so you're, you're alluding to some shows should be left in, in the decade that yeah. it should be from. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, I guess the last TV thing I'll throw out is Saturday Night Live's premiere is October 3rd. Um, and Chris Rock will host Megan the Stallion. WAP, what's up? I'm a savage. <laughs> will serve as a musical guest. I don't know the words, and, but I know that I'm a savage. So, guys, this is exciting. They will be going back to Rockefeller Center, um, the the where the studio is for Saturday Night Live. It will not be a virtual Saturday Night Live, which was the, kind of the more recent uh, SNL episodes we saw before it, the season ended. So they're going back. There will be an audience, which is surprising, but it will be very strict. They will have to take a, a COVID okay. test upon arrival um, and temperature checks, and they're limiting the audience numbers. But there will be a live audience. So this is a kind of wow. – if, if I'm thinking one of the first – shows with a live studio audience i seems like every other show has been virtual audiences or you know things like that but i think it's pretty exciting that we're gonna see a studio audience for saturday night live this coming saturday night so i'm excited to check it out so we already talked politics we're to think about that but yeah yeah it still looks unsafe and sketchy yeah um, so we've been running a little late, guys, so there's yeah. a lot more in my notes, but we we always like to throw out those that have passed away and those that have came on this earth. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so Sabrina, I know you love the baby news, but congrats to Kevin Hart and his wife, Aniko, welcome their daughter. Um, so uh, also Nicki Minaj is a first time mom, so congratulations to Nicki Minaj and uh, Kenneth Petty. Um, Donald Glover welcomed his third child, Michelle White. He revealed this in an uh, interview with GQ. Donald Glover is a great artist. Donald great Glover. artist. I lo- no, I swear, I would marry like. You would marry him? Like he is the like. When I say that I'm attracted to talent, like that's the guy. He's got like, a lot of that talent. Is, that's He's what got I'm a lot about. of talent. That's what I'm talking about. Another great. Artists, just Justin Timberlake and Jessica Biel, they are now parents of two. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also getting a Game of Thrones baby, guys. 
Rose Leslie and Kit Harrington, that's Jon Snow and Ygritte, are expecting their first child together. Uh, are you excited about a Game of Thrones baby? <laughs> And then Mandy Moore is also expecting her first child with husband Taylor Goldsmith. But sad news, Chachi, you sent me that Chrissy Teigen yeah, actually yeah. sub. Uh, ch- what? I'm sorry. No, go ahead. You say it. Chrissy Teigen. Chrissy Teigen, yes, uh, suffered a miscarriage. She actually posted a photo of her crying at the hospital. So this is kind of this is very. This is a very personal experience, very somber thing. And she actually posted her at the hospital. I think a lot of people, when they're in those situations, they're just in shock and they don't necessarily think about their actions or like, you know what I mean? Like it's hard to understand how people are going to react like that. But it's really good to, that she posted, her and John posted those pictures because it shows how human entertainers are. We, like, entertainers are not, you know, we're not, it's not no superhuman stuff. They are, they are celebrities, you know, they're making all this money, but they go through all of the same things that we do. I know, I'm sorry. Well- and also, uh, we have to say rest in peace to some Celebrities who have uh, moved on to uh, the afterlife or have passed on include Archie Lindhurst, star of the BBC's children's show, So Awkward, and son of actor Nicole Lindhurst. Japanese actress Yuko Takuchi, um, at the age of 40, passed away. Emmy award-winning producer Kevin Burns, who's known for his work on the Poseidon Adventure and the Lost in Space reboot. Um, died due to cardiac arrest. Robert Lasky, Hollywood attorney and co-founder of the APA agency, who represented Johnny Cash, Liberace, to name a few. Oh, wow. Uh, Mac Davis, a pop and country singer, um, who's known, uh, supposedly a legend. I'm not really familiar with him, but... Uh, yeah, he wrote for the, Elvis. He, oh, he wrote for Elvis, yes, yeah. yes. He went. Uh, he actually, his cr- songwriting credits include Elvis Presley's In the Ghetto, mm-hmm. A Little Less Conversation and Memories. Good to know, Chuck. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Um, W.S. Fluke Holland, longtime drummer of Johnny Cash and Carl Perkins. I passed away at the age of 85. Juliet Greco, French singer, actress, cultural icon. had passed away at the age of 93. And Helen Reddy, Australian singer, whose early 70s song, I Am a Woman, I am ser- woman. I am woman. Thank you. Has served as an empowering feminist anthem for several generations. Do you know that song? I am woman. I am woman. Hear me roar. That song. Yes. Yes. Is that it? Yes. yes. Oh yeah, yeah. And okay. celebrating a birthday today. No, 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 no. No. You missed RBG. No, that was RBG last week. RBG was last week. Oh, okay. My bad. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, we announced her on last week, so. Yeah. But rest in peace, R- RGB, yeah. of course. Oh, sorry. Notorious. RBG. Yeah. Notorious, yes. RBG, yeah. Okay. Yeah, now she got her props last week, no doubt. Okay, cool. Um, oh, have. And birthdays. That's birthdays. the last segment, birthdays. birthdays. Actor, singer Julie Andrews, 85 today. Wow. Randy, Ran- I know, right? Randy Quaid is 70. 
Randy Quaid, yes. Asai Morales, who is in uh, Ozark. He was Dell, whose head got blown off. He's oh, 58. Yeah. <laughs> spoiler. Oh, I know. Spoiler for season one. Uh, Christopher Titus, who's been on Below the Belt Show. He's 56. Yes. Another former BTB guest over the years, Cindy Margolis, 55 today. Wow. Zach Galifianakis of the Hangover Trilogy is 51. He's one of my favorites. Beck Bennett of Saturday Night Live is 36. Uh, Journey Smollett-Bell of Underground is 34. And Captain Marvel herself, actor Brie Larson, is 31. Brie Larson. I know that uh, one. She's only 31? 31, yeah. I thought she was older, honestly. <laughs> I did. <laughs> That's birthdays today, guys. So yeah. not going to go into WWE. Nope. Not going to go into any other topics. It is running late. It's, it was a BTB anniversary. We'd like to thank, of course, the panel. Of course, let's re- uh, recognize, of course, Kelly Bell, the fat yeah. newsman himself, who was on the earlier part of the program. Good to have him back. Of course, our special celebrity guest, Lorenzo Yearby. Check out the movie The 24th, now on Video On Demand. Very, very great role, um, pivotal role that Lorenzo played in this film. Of course, I'd like to thank everybody in the virtual panel right now. Sabrina Taylor-Smith and Siren the What's Entertainment. What's up? Chocolata in the house, or Chocolata <laughs> signing out. Chocolata. Yeah. King Chachi, the king of the 80s. Good and thing. I'm, yes, I'm Al Soto, a.k.a. Celebrity Soto, your host, with the most, and you said, King, you said King Chachi. That was like a, a blast from the past. I said King Chachi instead of yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's the anniversary show. It's the anniversary. Yeah, show. I guess it's the anniversary show. Yeah. Well, how about in, uh, how about in the ghetto? Really, Chachi? Or in, or in the ghetto? Is that what we're doing? All right, let's wrap it up. Is that what we're doing? Some of us have places to be. In the ghetto. Oh, that was that was for the Mac Davis. Yeah. Yeah. For the um, he wrote for Elvis. He did write for Elvis. Well, you know what? He also wrote a little more conversation. I like that. That's good for us because that's all we've been doing the whole show is conversating. Okay. Yeah. All I, right. We're signing off. Okay. Love you guys. Yep. Just Bye-bye, surprise Siren, us. Surprise us after the fact. Bye, Al. Call me. All right. All right. Yeah. Out. See you, ladies. One Bye. One Siren. Bye. Shots McFly, guys. Right. <laughs> Here's the closing cut, guys. All right. Big guests next week. We have Alexa Mansoor for The Walking Dead. World Beyond Chachi. It's really exciting. Awesome. Um, so it's another great show. So until then, Peace. see you next week. Peace. Thank you. A little less conversation, a little more action All this aggravation ain't satisfaction in me A little more bite, a little less spark A little less fight, a little more spark Close your mind and open up your heart And maybe satisfy me Satisfy me, baby Baby, close your eyes and listen to the music Dig to the summer breeze It's a groove and I can show you how to use it To come along with me and put your mind at ease Hey! Less conversation, a little more action. All this aggravation ain't satisfaction in me. 
A little more bite, a little less bark, a little less fight, a little more spark. Shut your mouth and open up your heart. And baby, satisfy me. Satisfy me, baby. Songs available only on live broadcasts on WMBC and BelowTheBeltShow.com. Well, it has been a ill show tonight and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, Until next time, keep chilling. Like a villain. Bye, goodbye, 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 goodbye.